You die once, and suddenly you're not invisible. Explore the story of Heed, who was a corpse for a while, but is back to life and trying to learn about just what had happened, only to discover the story is far stranger than that. Inspired by manga, Alter X Artifact is a new LGBTQ webcomic for mature readers revolving around magic and political espionage. This comic features fantastic elements, gripping storytelling, and impressive visuals that pull you into the strange but fascinating world of the comic. Alter X Artifact explores themes of magic, dreams, and relationships, all while deftly weaving a compelling mystery with eye-catching visuals. You're still in time to enjoy the exciting prologue as well, but you gotta hurry over on to the website. So, if you're looking for your next weekly webcomic read, you need to go to alterxartifact.com. That is alterxartifact.com. Now back to the show. Hello and welcome to the Distraction Hole for this week, the week of uh, August 13th. No, it would be August 14th, wouldn't it? No. No, it's the 13th. Okay, yeah. Um, Sunday's the start of the week. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out like how to date this because uh, the episode goes up when, usually? Tuesdays. Okay, okay. So it would be the week of August 14th, then. Okay, for sure. The Monday, or, or do 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 weeks? Do we count weeks on Mondays or Sundays? What do we? I do? count them on Sundays. You count them on Sundays. Okay, so mm-hmm. we'll go with the thirteenth. Hi, I really fucked this intro up. Hi, <laughs> hello, welcome to seeing the backstage sausage making. <laughs> I am your host this week, regrettably, David Davis. With me, as usual, is the delightful Kevin Heyman. Hey, how you doing today, Kevin? I am hating on the Enterprise J. <laughs> yeah, there was quite a spirited discussion before we hit record. And then with us, as usual, is the sassy Mike. How are you, Mike? Kevin's wrong for hating the J. It's not the best design ever, but it's not terrible. Mike, it's it's <laughs> it's a washer with thumbtacks. No, I just don't like it, and that's me. There's some people that like it, but it, it just looks like it's going to come apart the minute it hits impulse. Well, that's the point. It's supposed to be futuristic and spindly, so it's supposed to look delicate, but, you know. It's it's a ship built like a like a un- malnourished grandmother. Oh. <laughs> this has been simultaneously petty and nerdy, which I appreciate. Okay. It's, it's very much in line with th- our show here. I think me and Mike can agree to disagree because we agree on so many other things with some of the starships. Mm-hmm. So, Well, this is the distraction hole. Uh, every week we talk about things that we uh, distract ourselves with to keep ourselves sane in an increasingly insane world. And mm-hmm. I decided we're going to roll off a game right off the top. This is not Ooh. a substitute for our normal game. But we're going to play uh, Guess the Number. And oh, no. Mm-hmm. So, how many celebrity birthdays are there today on IMDb? And I'll give you a hint. It's more than a thousand. Whoever gets closest without going over between the two of you will go first. God, uh, 4,000. 1,001, Bob. Uh, Mike, you were the closest. (laughs) Okay. And the actual number is 1,494. Yeah, I went way... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> over. Yeah, when, when I heard you say 4,000, I was like, 
I'm doing the dollar bid. (laughs) (laughs) Mike, you do really well on the prices, right? (laughs) All right. So, Mike, what did you distract yourself with this week? Nothing like so other than some Dragon Con preparations. Um, not anything specific. Continued to watch some Ranma, some Twisted Metal. Haven't gotten back to uh, Tears of the Kingdom, surprisingly. Mm. Then again, that's the way I usually do. I'll just kind of like forget to play a game. Like I'll play every day. Boom, mm-hmm. boom, boom. And then just one day I forget to play. And then I forget the next day and the next day. And I just, you know, fall off the wagon for a bit. Well, so, that, that's me too. I, I have that same sort of tendency. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, nothing new. That's the problem. So I was going to talk a bit about the, uh, about, I have, I haven't really watched this week much, but the, uh, see, that's the problem. I can never know exactly what to call them because they're not just the Batsu games, but the, uh, the, uh, butcher this name, trying to say it, the, uh, downtown, no, Arahende, whatever the, the, the cop, the Japanese comedy, like variety type show. It's the, the extra stuff they do, not their normal. Mm -hmm. I don't know if this may be their normal show, but you know, they do a lot of like outside stuff. It seems a lot of kind of not even specials, but like, you know, um, they all go, uh, what was one of them they did? They all went and they played this game, this rendezvous game, where they all had to like separate and then try to get to guess where everybody's going based on you know a keyword that the producers gave them, um, or just they're driving around and they had to come up with a uh, hundred facts before they like finish their trip. And it had to be like inspired by things they saw along the way, just just all these kind of weird you know, little games they do amongst themselves. Mm-hmm. Now, now, is this like streaming on YouTube or are you so sailing the high on, seas? On, no, it's uh, there's a Twitch stream. The Twitch streamer is uh, Father Jimmy on a Twitch, just Father underscore Jimmy, and he's been playing them for several weeks now. Mm. And just, you know, it range is a big range. Some of them are from the early 2000s and potato quality, real player quality. Mm-hmm. Um, even ni- late 90s, I think I've seen far back as like 96 and 97. Um, and all the way up to recently. But also what's fun is they have like commercials that these guys have been in interspersed mm. during the commercial breaks. So oh. That's cool. Yeah, so you get that some, is. you know, some... And- relevant commercials now now kind of adjacent to this you've seen takahashi's castle right oh yes. yeah yeah Takeshi's. I, I i guess there's i guess there's a reboot or something i keep seeing something popping up in my youtube feed about like a new edition and i haven't seen it yet but you guys heard about that at all no oh, wait um there's a new one right that's yeah, what we're that, talking about yes yeah i i knew there was a new one but that's all i know Okay, well, it seems like it'd be worth 48 minutes of my time, so I'll, I'll find that and watch it. But um, I, my, my first exposure to that was Most Extreme Elimination Challenge, which I, yes, I missed that. MXC. Uh, yeah, Guy LaDouche. Guy LaDouche, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. like, 
you're you're kind of being a weeb here, Mike. So my my I yeah. guess my question is, um, why? Why? <laughs> why? why? <laughs> yeah. Why? Why are you such a weeb? Um. So <laughs> it all started in the summer of 1967. No. That Asian lady kicked him in the balls. No. Um. I mean, really. So I guess I could blame uh, Voltron and Robotech, really, mm-hmm. yeah. in the beginning. You know, I saw those as a kid. I really liked them. And then um, in high school... Mike, were you like me when you were growing up and you saw anything anime and you didn't know what it was and you were like, that looks like Voltron or that looks like Robotech? And sort of, watch I, think, it. I think my dad might have known something. I think I know, don't know where the information exactly came from, mm-hmm. but I knew that they were translations of Japanese shows. Mm-hmm. Probably. Uh, Maybe he got it. Cause he was a big doctor who fan. He might've gotten it from kind of like he had some like probably speed racer on. or something. Well, too. Yeah. I mean, I do remember speed racer too, as a really young kid. Um, so he knew, I'm assuming he told me cause I can't think of anywhere else. I would have mm-hmm. gotten that information that he knew that they were Japanese. So, once I hit, you know, came to Mississippi here and hit high school and, uh, what should I call him? Should I, should I say his, I mean, it's a first name, so nobody will really know who it is, but. Um, Talking about Brian? No, well, Barry. Barry. Yeah, well, no. Our, so we, yeah, Barry. We, we had a friend in high school who had an older brother who had a lot of, you know, anime VHS tapes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, you know, we started, you know, borrowing those and you know, making copies of them. You know, first of them were like... Robotech. Bubblegum. Well, Bur- Bubblegum Crisis was really the first one. Oh, uh, yeah, it's true. I didn't, I didn't really see Robotech again or, or Well, Macross. you remember we borrowed the complete run of Macross and watched it in a weekend? Yeah, but that was later, I think. That was in high school. Really? Oh, yeah, because we were trying, like, real hard to finish it before you had to go home, and we had to go to school the next day. Mm. Yeah. No, I don't remember that. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. No, it was... Because we were watching it, and we are like... Why a fish? So I, th- I thought we didn't see uh, Macross again until DVDs came out. Oh, no. It was it was his brother's giant stack of fucking uh, tapes. VHS. Okay. So, yeah. so, yeah, and then also, you know, that coincided with uh, anime becoming more available in mm-hmm. the American market as far as, you know, official licensed subtitle mm-hmm. releases mm-hmm. on Tenchi VHS. Moyo. So, you know, whenever we'd have spare money, you know, we'd go to uh, Suncoast or one of the other stores that had a meager selection and, mm-hmm. you know, try to get something. Yeah. So, so it just, just spiraled out of control from there. And then, of course, <laughs> the internet, we found the internet and, you know, it was all over. Yeah. You know, one of the first things I remember buying on the nascent, uh, nascent eBay was uh, Evangelion shit. Of course. <laughs> like, uh, I bought, there were these, like, uh, grabber claw, like, pewter figures. I still have them in a box somewhere. They had, like, little wooden stands, but they were little, like, say, two-inch tall character figures. And I got, like, the whole set of them. And I also bought, so, you know, it was, it was from Bandai. They were, you know, they had a Evangelion range of, you know, basically built, like, Gunpla models yeah Mm -hmm. i have one of those they had the so i got gotten some of them 
but they had the master grade Ava 01, and this thing was mm-hmm. giant. It, it would have stood like, it was, I think at the time when it came out, it was like $200 or something like that. And it was like about a foot and a half tall or something like that. Yeah. I, I drew it in uh, on Mike's desk in Coda's world. But <laughs> so I found that on eBay for like, it was like 40, 50 bucks, something like that. It was dirt cheap. It was like pre, it was, someone had opened it and like half assembled it and just didn't want to finish it. So I had bought that and it was the only time I ever bought anything that was COD cash on delivery. Oh, wow. So I was like, okay, that's neat. I've heard of it before. You know, growing up, there was all this stuff, all the uh, TV commercials that said no COD mm-hmm. and all this. So I knew it as a concept, but I'd never bought anything. So I was like, okay, well, that's cool. I can buy it, and it, I'll pay for it when it shows up. And I come home one day, and I was like, I was, a, I was you know, a working boy by this point, man, whatever. A workman. Workman, yes. I come home, and there's the beat-up box sitting like on the steps of my house i'm like wow that's really beat up but i didn't have to pay for it so i'm yeah. assuming it was so damaged that they just left it there so i opened it up and like the interior box was a bit mangled like the actual you know product box but the the parts were fine like it wasn't damaged in any way that i could see except for maybe a few minor pieces i mean it was a model too so i fucking glue it back together and so i had this you know, master grade, uh, Ava one that I never finished. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, I just kind of, it's one of those, it's like a lot of my projects. I never finished it. Yeah. I think I got like two scope creep, scope creep setting. I was like, okay, well I got this awesome thing. I don't want to just slap it together, you know, because some of the parts like, you know, the swords and stuff were all just one color plastic. So, you know, to really make it look good, you have to paint some of it. So I was like, okay, well, I'll paint it. Oh, I'm not painting it right now. I'll paint it later. Mm-hmm. Just 30 years later. Yes, literally 30 years later. Well, well now that we you've go. revealed that it's unfinished, I think everyone wants you to finish it. That's true. We probably do. Yeah, I'll it- finish it. And my, my other Gundam sitting here on the desk... Mm-hmm. And the Transformers uh, Flame Toys model kit I have, and the other oh, yeah. one that just charged from Big Big, big Bad Toy Store this week, that's going to be shipping. Like, like, how much is left to do on the Eva? Um, I mean, All if I want it. Well, no, I mean, so <laughs> here's the cool thing about this. It was like, and I w- I'm sad that I didn't get to do this part of it because it's what was already done before I got it, but... It is like basically, so you know, if you've done any Gundam type models, they have all the joints and everything. You know, you build kind of like almost a internal skeleton that the armor attaches to. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, this is like that, but the internal skeleton is covered by a rubber suit that has holes where all the armor attaches. It's a black under part, so it's seamless underneath all the armor like it's you know supposed to be mm-hmm. yeah because i had a uh a put together model of O one as well and it was a smaller scale of course but uh what i loved about it was the arms yeah they were over molded yeah the, it was like a barbie doll's knees yeah it was like you know an internal skeleton that they yeah. had molded over with a rubber coating it was real cool man and i have yeah. to give it to them they use some good 
freaking rubber because I've seen mine lately and you know usually rubber of that how old that is it starts to deteriorate and get all sticky and everything mm-hmm. that stuff is still rock solid so they didn't use cheap crap on it. yeah unlike my PlayStation 2 controllers where the thumbsticks are all like goopy with all the covering <laughs> on them I hate goopy controllers yeah Hmm. Mike, don't make me start looking up Gunpla and buying some. Okay? I, I'm I honestly going to get that. my first. I just haven't decided it's, yet. But I, it's I think, a rabbit hole. I think I'm going to go with uh, Amaro's from uh, 78. I just oh, want yeah. something kind of simple to start with. So, Well, you can get a standard grade. Those are pretty inexpensive. I think they're like 30 bucks or something like that. I, I and, saw yeah. one for like 12 bucks. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's cool. So there's, all right. there's all the grades. I might maybe I'll have to talk about this in depth, even though it's not really my thing. I just know a little bit about it. But it's just, there's like the the high grade, which is kind of like the and of course the 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 grades also correspond with a scale size. I think the high grade's probably about you know mm-hmm. maybe ten twelve inches tall. Right. Uh, what yeah. we had, Kevin, our Avas were high grades. Oh that, right, yeah, okay. To put it in perspective, like I have High to be careful. Just, I have to be careful about bringing in a model number one because my cat likes to throw everything around. But also, yes. like I don't have a whole lot of room, so I'm just I'm staring at the top of my computer where there's a space that looks the right size for a Gundam. Yeah, right, it's, it's made for a Gundam. Mm-hmm. Strong enough for a man, but made for a Gundam. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but yeah, there's. Uh, now, Mike, how did you find the Batsu games? I just remember coming so, over to your, your apartment was, when you were living with Barry, and we watched a bunch of them. I probably, you know, someone mentioned it or something. I do remember, like, yeah, I've, so I've known about the, uh, all right, so the, uh, I looked it up, what is it? Downtown no Gaki no Tetsuki, Tetsu, no, let me start again. Downtown no Gaki no Sukaya Arahende, which Konnichiwa. translates to, yeah, bitches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Um. I, I, I'm just. Was it? Did you find it on something awful? Maybe it could have been that, on something that awful. Definitely that sounds like a, a mimetic thing from something awful yeah. that probably caught on for like a good month yeah so mm-hmm. so it is a japanese variety show and it's hosted by downtown which is a com- comedian duo which is uh oh, i'm yeah. trying to remember their names but you'll find uh, so so miyamoto and hamada yeah and i think i'd mentioned this before but japanese duos are very reminiscent of kind of vaudevillian mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's very abbott and costello yeah, there's there's you have a straight man and a, uh, you know, idiot, basically. Yeah. And there's always, like, some element of physical comedy where there's, like, some physical yes. abuse where the oh, yeah, they'll, idiot they'll... says something and they'll, like, smack them. Yeah. Which is actually why Holy Grail went over so... Monty Python and the Holy Grail went over so well in Japan because, you know, Bedivere would do something and, like, Arthur would smack him. Yeah. So... So, yeah, so it's basically the straight man and the funny man... Mm-hmm. Like Abbott and Costello. Yeah. It's it's the Boke and the Tsukon... Tsu, damn, I'm really bad at Japanese yeah. pronunciations <laughs> when I'm trying to do it live. We, like We got it. No, we got it's it, fine. It, we it's got very it. funny. It's very funny. Yeah. 
<laughs> so yeah, but yeah, they they you know slap each other and. and uh, yeah. Mikey XE has stopped working. <laughs> yeah. Y'all right? Someone didn't install that Japanese character pack. Oh yeah, no that that those are pretty. So good. so the, but there's five guys. There's two pairs of uh the uh comedy duos, mm-hmm. and then there's a fifth guy who just kind of is a hanger on, I guess. Not a hanger on, but he's he's a comedian. They're all comedians in their own right, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one of their one of the one of their interesting things they do. I find is uh, they'll do a tasting thing where like one at a time they'll like have a re- a whole row of products like all ketchups like a whole like twenty different ketchups, and one of them will blindfolded and they'll have them taste one brand, and they have to go to each one. And say this is it or this isn't it. And now this just sounds like Good Mythical Morning, which they probably got that from these Japanese shows. Maybe, so. probably. And I since mean, they well, just do that, and they have know. to, you know, then there's there's a consequence. Usually, they get you know hit in the butt by someone. <laughs> if, uh, that, that's a very common <laughs> Japanese game. Common that's punish- the best punishment is getting hit in the butt. That's the best. Like the Simpsons episode, <laughs> we punish uh, ignorance. Yeah. Yes. Or uh, another one that one of the early ones that I really hooked me on it is their uh, no laughing library. Yes. Where they so they're all four, four, five, or six of them around a desk or set of tables, and they flip over. They have like a little presentation thing at the end of the table, and they flip it over for the next thing, and it'll say something like, uh, you know, old man garlic breath, oh. and they all have cards and. One card has a skull and crossbones, and they all you know pick the cards face down, and they flip them over all at one time. And the one with the skull and crossbones has to, you know, do whatever that said. And like for example, the the old man garlic breath, they'll put this like tank on their head with a hose, and an old man comes up and chewing on car- garlic, and he just blows into the thing <laughs> while they're wearing it. <laughs> It's like it's like a slightly less bad version of Jack. And they all have to be quiet because they're in quote a library, which obviously it's just a state sound stage, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. um but then at the end of the year, I probably talked about this a little bit, they have their big they haven't had it in the last couple of years because of COVID and stuff, but they'd have their big year end uh no laughing hell, which is have a different theme <laughs> every year. But for twenty four hours, the four the five of them can are put in these situations and they cannot laugh. And mm-hmm. if they are, if they do laugh, they get punished by being smacked on the butt. Yeah, one of my favorites <laughs> I saw was when they were at the uh, what's what, what are the hot springs called again, Mike? Onsen. They were at an onsen, and uh, they were served tea, and it was their producer in drag <laughs> being like extremely <laughs> meek, and they're all just like trying not to lose it, and of course then scores of ninjas come in and like bend them over and shoot a dart into their butts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need to watch some of this. This sounds fun. Yeah. They it really is, are. <laughs> they really are and, a uh, lot of fun. And, uh, did I, did I mentioned also last time I talked about this, the, uh, the pie hell. It was like you a really did. early one. Mm-hmm. That one, that one's hilarious. Like it's kind of gone. Like some of these have gotten really repetitive. I think, you know, they're all old now. So, you know, they 
they're not as physical as they used to be. Like, they're not getting blow darts in the butt anymore. It's all just, you know, kind of a rubber... I don't know. I don't know what to describe how they get what they get hit with. It's like a cross between like a foam tube or like maybe a unadorned like I don't know. It's just mm-hmm. long black rubber My, thing. Do you know what that is? Hmm. That is literally a slapstick. No, it's a tube. It's it's not. Well, no. I'm pretty sure it's a, a modern day slapstick because I mean that's where the term comes from is getting hit with the old slapstick. Yeah, well, okay. I mean it's just it's just it's rubbery and yep. tubular. I yeah, mean, it's it, kind of like getting hit with a dildo. It, I mean, gonna say it looks like a unfeatured, very long dildo because <laughs> it's black and kind of shiny and rubbery. So, if you're not sold on it already after hearing that, <laughs> yeah, then so, I don't know what to tell you. Just go go to uh, go to Twitch and look up Father Jimmy. I would, but the sound would bleed oh, into yeah. the sh- in, into the Zoom right now, <laughs> and, and I don't and, want that. And it's sometimes it, like I said, it can be hit or miss. Some of them can be a little boring, um, but I think for the most part, they can be entertaining. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and it's not just the downtown. Uh, Guys, there's been there's this other one that's like called Night. Was it Night something? It seems to be kind of a variety show where they have people ride in with weird situations and then they go out and investigate. Like one of them I saw was there was a these guys living in an apartment and they found there's an access hole on their tub, and in the tub there were some photo album books, but this hole in the tub was too small for the albums to come out. So they couldn't see what they were, and it was kind of creeping them out. Hmm. So they had they did it as this whole kind of like, you know, ooh, creepy. What what's in these books? And they eventually got them out and found they were just very normal, you know, picture albums of a couple. Hmm, that is interesting. That's almost as disappointing as uh, Al Capone's vault. Yeah. <laughs> now that now was just God. That I, was man. We were all I, riveted, look, and it was. Look, Literally nothing. I, I I disliked Geraldo Rivera oh, after that. I didn't much care for him to yeah. begin with, oh, yeah, but no, that but... didn't help at all. That fucker. <laughs> Come on, he is a dick. Oh no no, I'm 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 full there with you, but Yeah. Well well thank you, Mike. Do you have anything planned over the next week that you wanna dive into? Do you wanna try to catch up <sighs> um, on Zelda or I would like to. Um don't know if I will, because like I said, I still got, you know, Dragon Stock, Dragon Con stuff, not Dragon Stan Cuff. <laughs> Dragon Con stuff to get ready. Um, yeah. Now, uh, now uh, is Dragon Con next week or the week after? No, it's uh, the week. It's two and weeks and a couple of days. So we're mm-hmm. leaving on the 30th. Okay. I'm, I am so ready to already be there. Yeah. So we got this week and next week as full weeks. So like then, next week we're probably going to talk about Dragon Con some. Okay. Um okay. well not next week like week after like uh Okay. Cuz we got we got the you know we'll record that Sunday the 27th I'm assuming. Right. That's the Sunday before Dragon Con. Okay. Okay. Well, cool. Well, thank you Mike. Yeah. All right. No so problem. Kevin, between you and I, I think I should go first because I know what your um, topic is, and I think it's a nice way to kind of start closing things out. So, okay, Bert. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, all right. So, um, yeah, I had mentioned last week uh, I was going to talk about Diablo, and congratulations, I'm going to talk about Diablo. Woo! Um, yeah, so um, I've, I've played a, a fair chunk of it now at this point, so I feel like I can, I can give an assessment from the point of view of, like, a, let's say a Diablo stan. Because you know, like, I've I've been yeah. seeing it pop up on Discord when you're playing it, and I'm like, I really hope he's having fun. Yeah, I, I am overall. Um, so you know, uh, I, I guess my first question is like, what are what are you your, you two? What are what is your experience with Diablo as like a franchise? So here's the thing: I personally didn't play it. Okay. I, I didn't. Uh, I, I I got into the idea of playing those sort of dungeon crawler games way late mm-hmm. with uh, Torchlight, and I kind of wish I had gone back. I've played a little bit of Diablo 3, which I understand is not the best Diablo. I, I have a controversial opinion about that, but we'll get into that. Okay, but I, uh, you know, I, w- I wasn't that big into it, unfortunately. Okay, well, h- how about you, Mike? So... The only, I never had a copy of Diablo one, but mm. I played it a lot with one of our friends. We would, would do like land parties. He had yeah. him, him working IT. He had like several computers in his bachelor pad. I want house. you to understand that this is like real early in the internet. So that yeah, was well, like this is when a Diablo one was deal. out. Yeah. Know? So, yeah. um, we, and we frequently would be up till the wee hours over there playing Starcraft or sometimes if now, it was, Starcraft I played. Starcraft was if it was more more people mm-hmm. um, but if it was like just me and him and maybe one other person we'd play uh, Diablo because both of those games you could play with just one real copy. Yeah. You could you could install what they called spawn copies on other computers and land play. Back when so, software development was cool. Yeah back yeah. when they you know, gave a shit about their customers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we just want people to have fun. So that's how. That's the only way I played one. Two, I had a copy, but I never really played it a whole lot. Okay. Um, three, I had on the Switch and meant to play with the same friend some, but just never really got around to it. And obviously I haven't played four yet. Okay. And I, overall, I kind of like it, but it's definitely one of those games that... I'm not going to play by myself. Like if I'm playing with a friend, that'd be great, but I, I just not, you know, in it for me to play and mm-hmm. grind it out by myself. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so yeah, my, my Diablo experience kind of preface everything that I'm going to talk about. Like I've, I've played the franchise from the beginning. Um, like, uh, I, I didn't have, I didn't own a computer until I was like 11 or so. But, like, I had friends who had computers, and I would go over there and play Diablo and Diablo 2 a lot. Um, when I finally got a computer of my own, played a ton of Diablo. Um, Diablo 3 is probably the game that I have sunk the most hours into in my life. Um, and I'm not even joking about that. Um, and then, yeah, I'm currently playing Diablo 4. Um, so, yeah, like, I... I also, like, I'm, I'm a big fan of, like, the lore. I know the storylines. I know the characters. I know a lot of the gameplay in and out. Um, I still think the best Diablo game of all time was Marvel Heroes. Because um, that was developed <laughs> by a bunch of uh, Diablo 2 devs. And right. it, was, it was fantastic. And then um, Disney pulled the license because the boss was creeping on employees, which made me mm. sad. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, um, but no, like, I I love Diablo as a franchise, which also allows me to, like, 
be critical of it. But also, I'm not like a lot of players where it's like it's the end of the fucking world if the game isn't perfect. Like, but they're, they're yeah. you know, I, I call out legitimate issues like Diablo 3, the most played game of all time. But they, it had definite problems at launch. But sure. But by, you know, after they had knocked those problems out and after enough seasons of the game, like it for me, it became the best Diablo. Um so, like, as of right now, I would rank Diablo 3 my favorite, which is potentially controversial, but really, like, I'm seeing people come around to Diablo 3, especially because the new shiny Diablo 4 came out. And it's cheaper. Yeah, and, well, and then also, like, Diablo 4 is missing features that, like, Diablo 3 had that should have been in Diablo 4, and, and yeah, like that yeah. sort of thing. So That's always bad when your sequel has is missing features that you know you've come to expect you know it's always sad when like the first season of your your game has a less interesting season than like the 40th season of the previous game it's like didn't you learn anything mm -hmm. yeah it's you know blizzard (sighs) blizzard used to be like a real icon in video games and they've just they've not oh yeah the the activision merger really gutted them I don't yeah. know what I don't know what behind the scenes happened, but they like Overwatch Two. I I saw is recently. a fantastic example of how not mm-hmm. to do something. Yeah, no, I loved Overwatch One when it came mm-hmm. out. Played the hell out. That's you know, obviously Mike, I was playing with people. You're, you're that sitting in an Overwatch chair. Yeah, I, right I'm now, sitting yeah. in a diva chair. That's how mm-hmm. much I liked uh, Secret Labs five hundred dollar diva chair. <laughs> That's how much I liked Overwatch One, um, and. To see it, you know, Blizzard's launcher doesn't have ratings, but Steam, it has an overwhelmingly negative rating because of how predatory and bad the game is. Yeah, and and that a lot of that is what's kind of going on with Diablo 4. So, like, my assessment of Diablo 4, like, I beat the campaign. I'm currently working on the grind to 100 on a seasonal character. I actually rolled a second character, and I got her to, like, level 26 so far. So, like, um, it's it's definitely, there's some predatory elements to it, for sure. I think the bones are good, but the game should not have been released as it is right now. I think there's a lot of issues with it, particularly with, like, the UI and itemization. Because um, the thing about, like, Diablo, you, you have to spend a lot of time grinding like locations and getting gear and unfortunately something like that should be made very very easy and kind of like something you don't have to think about too much and they kind of ruin that here with um diablo 4 so my, my main issue is number one like the way that like the way um the stats are distributed on gear it's a mess to figure out what the hell is going to be an upgrade for you because they, they, yeah, they don't have like core stats that like show you a discernible upgrade path. Um, Jesus, the inventory is an absolute mess. I'm sorry. My cat's attacking my Xbox. That's that. I understand. (laughs) She do that. So, um, but yeah, like the, the inventory thing is also a pain in the, uh, pain in the ass because there's not a whole lot of inventory slots. It's so hard to go through and figure out what gear is a potential upgrade, and the UI is very slow in that regard. Jeez. Mm, and 
but the thing is though i'm still having a ton of fun with it because like again it's diablo gameplay i eat that shit up with a spoon um right my my character's a necromancer because i'm a little dark goblin boy at heart of course Um, you are you know and i i play a summoner necro not always the best damage dealing but it's the most fun because i run around with like eight skeletons following me um and it took me a I while. I love that. Yeah, Just the yeah. idea of you running around with an army of skeletons. Uh, come on, guys. This is fun. Uh. Yeah, no, it's Good great because my, my guy looks like a pale goth Jesus. <laughs> and, yeah, That's so just, it's, it's rad. It's rad. Uh, um, I, wish you could make him, I wish you could make him look like a day glow kind of guy, you know, with like hot pink and like vomit green and everything. Yeah. But you yeah, can't, you can't really do that as much, but you can do some really god awful color combinations. Um, oh, good. But yeah, like Necro has always been my favorite class in like Diablo, which is why, you know, well, uh, until they, they brought the monk in in Diablo three. But anyway, um, I wish so, you had said monkey. Right, right. So with with um, the Necro, I wasn't really enjoying myself as much as I normally would have. Until mm-hmm. I got the right piece of gear, and that's how gear dependent these games can be. Yeah, and and that that's the thing is you have to like grind this content to get the gear, but like one piece of gear can change your approach to a character and the the gameplay, and that's something the developer said, and it was like I didn't believe it until I actually got to that, but it took too long to get to that point. Ugh. So yeah. so yeah. I was going to say that, yeah, if it took you that long to, you know, find the fun. Well, I mean, I was still having fun, okay. but it was, it was like. Not it, as it, much it, fun as you it, wanted. It was, it was, yeah, it wasn't like, I, it wasn't me like playing Witch Doctor in Dia- uh, Diablo 3. Gotcha. Yeah, so the, the thing is like, and again, that's one of the things I like about Diablo is when you get that really weird, interesting little gear like that one little item that changes everything. So one of the skills right. I play on my, my Necromancer is Corpse Explosion. Every time I kill something, it generates a corpse, and then I can either consume the corpse to heal my skeletons, or I can turn it into an explosive, whatever. Um, so I got this piece of gear with a very simple little affix on it. Um, affix being like the special abilities on some rare gear and everything like that. Oh, like an enchantment kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this this gear this affix what it allows me to do is I passively detonate any corpses in range for like thirty to forty percent of the damage. So mm. now as I'm running along, I have an army of skeletons and I have constant corpses exploding around me. And corpses' it, heads <laughs> exploding. Yeah, no, I, I literally I, I feel like a like a greasy little undead monster. But it and it it changed things because all of a sudden like. I was able to, like, take out enemies a lot faster. It completely changed the gameplay style for me. That's understandable. And it it's, like, it took a little too long to get to that moment. And I think it's because the itemization needs an overhaul in the game. Now, here, here's a quick question about it. Is it available for the PSP? <laughs> <laughs> no, but Diablo Immortal is available on your smartphone. Hell yeah! Wait, no, <laughs> no. no that, that that wasn't that the one that they. What you the people don't have phones? Yep, yep, yeah, yep, yeah yep. that was it. God, that was such a yeah. tone down. You know, anything like that? Like, there's a game. There's an Elder Scrolls game for mobile, and you know what? It was free on 
uh, the Switch, and it sucks. Mm-hmm. It sucks bad. So, yeah, they can take their mobile Diablo and roll well, it up and, real and, tight. And, and here's the thing: like Diablo Immortal isn't that bad. Like I, I've played some of it. Like I, I can't stand it playing on my phone. Right. But I, I played some of it. and It, it was fine. It's fine. Okay. Um, but it's not. It's not Diablo isn't a game you, you want to play on your phone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you're when it's been like however many years it was between you know since three came out, yeah. you start eluding a new Diablo game. Yeah. And, and it's not, mobile. Not, and not specifying you know what, and then all of a sudden your big reveal and you hype it up and your big reveal is it's Diablo. On mobile, mm-hmm. of course you're going to get shit on. I mean, yeah. yeah, that that's something you do. That's something you release right after a big, you know, mainline release. You or don't, at least say, "Hey guys, yeah. we know this isn't what you wanted, but this yeah. is to help sate you until it does come out." Yeah, you you don't like be all cryptic about it. Oh, there's a Diablo announcement coming. There's a Diablo announcement coming, and it's a giant turd. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. in Here, your face. There's a. It's like going to the. It's like going into a bathroom and there's a turd in the sink. Yeah. <laughs> but um. So as far as like Diablo Four goes, I think again, I think the bones are good. I, I think that they have a lot that they can do. They're already like patching some stuff in and making things more fun. Yeah. And there, there's elements in this that I really enjoy. There's a there's an event that happens every two hours and fifteen minutes called a uh, Helltide. Where for an hour, an entire portion of the large map gets, uh, it, it basically hell comes to earth and there's like fire and blood raining from the skies. Monsters <laughs> are powered up and shit like that. It, it's fun. Link, um, Link, the blood moon. <laughs> God, um, that is, I, that, man. Sorry, I really, it's just, it sounds like the fucking yeah, blood moon. I, That is one mechanic I wish they had gotten rid of. I understand it's kind of it's, because of the it's hardware. The, it's necessary. It's also the built-in uh, story version of why the the bases respawn. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's it's necessary because of the limited hardware. But I hate just how sequence breaking the Blood Moon is. Yeah, no, like, I was not a fan. I mean, that's that's the that's my only gripe about Tears of the Kingdom is how <laughs> that just like pulls you out of whatever you're doing. I, it, it doesn't really bother me. I kind of like the Blood Moon just because it's like, again, I have kind of like a system figured out in the game. So I know when a Blood Moon hits, I'm going to do a couple of things and then I get back to whatever well, I'm doing. So, yeah, there's there's things that, you know, restock and all. But several times I've been in the middle of a dungeon like, <laughs> just getting past some, you know, uh, some big like mini boss kind of thing like a centaur or something well well one of those big cyclops guys i forget what they're called he knocks yeah and so and then the blood moon happens (laughs) and there he is again there he is again i i I kind of like it i think it's fun like i love the chaos that happens i just pictured you going around going he busy 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 i am so busy and you've got like your weird little uh, your weird little enjoyment of the pain it brings you, David. <laughs> I, 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 I just do. wish, I just wish there was like a bubble around you, like a you know, whatever you Not can see this place. Yeah, that yeah. wouldn't respawn stuff because it's just kind of like you know, all of a sudden, hey, there's big ass guys again. They're just you know here. Yeah. Well, I will say um, 
you know, I, I, I've been curious about Diablo 4. Uh, I might try to see about getting either Diablo 2 Resurrected or Diablo 3 back on my uh, Switch or something. Because mm-hmm. I own it, but I got to get a uh, memory card. Like, like I'll, I'll play Diablo games. 3 with you. Like, I, yeah. there's a lot in Diablo 3 I love. Monk was my favorite class in Diablo 3, followed yeah. by the Witch Doctor. Uh, the Witch Doctor was great because he was like a necro, but he could also summon spiders. So then I'm just this dude running around tossing jars of spiders at things. You know, it's funny. I didn't remember <laughs> this until you said it. I remember uh, one of our friends would talk about Diablo 2 and start going, Necro! I am, I am! Necro! I am, I am! Which, you know, Hammer, you mm-hmm. know, MC yeah. Hammer, you would start doing that. And yeah. d- that just popped back in my head when you said that. Mm-hmm. Well, and I... I don't know, because you tend to be kind of, um, I'm going to use the word fussy regarding games. Uh, Pissy is also a good word. Uh, I'm trying to be diplomatic here. Um, I'm not. I'm me. I I, I know me. I don't think Diablo 4 is in a state to where you would really enjoy it right now. Sure. Um, I do want to check out Baldur's Gate. It's very very grind dependent right now. Mm -hmm. Um, You got to put in the time. Uh, and uh, they, they do have some fun little shortcuts in there. They Because um, I, I, I'm playing seasonal. Like, I started the game late because uh, it came out, like, June, and yeah. I started it in August. So um, as, as far as, like, catching up with stuff, you know, I already hit level 50. Um, I'm already building my Paragon stuff, and what they do is for this season, they have a thing called the Tree of Whispers, which creates little bounties around the map. And you just you, you get like okay. ten points and bounty stuff, and then you get a cache of loot. And um, they they've made it a lot easier at this point to get like good pieces of gear. So I at least I'm seeing some motion there, but mm-hmm. it just again like the way that the itemization currently works. I just you you'll get like five to ten unique pieces of gear, and none of them are technically an upgrade. Okay. And that, that's that's the biggest problem I have with the game right now. That's the worst part of it, I think. Um, and you know what? I'm, I know I'm bitching a lot about a video game that I supposedly enjoy. I but, look if you if you can tear something apart and still love it, then you'll love it. But you, you know, and that's the thing. I'm I'm having fun. Like I just I rolled my my rogue right now, I'm running around like throwing knives and, and like shooting a bow and arrow. Like, do you remember that? Um, that photoshopped panel of Moon Knight throwing a bunch of knives. And yeah, like, random bullshit, go! Yeah, that's literally the gameplay style of the Rogue for me right now. Nice. So I'm just darting around the map, just like throwing sharp things at things. Um, but, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm having fun, and like I'm finding a gameplay loop that works for me. Right. But I just, again, I'm just seeing so many problems with a game that should have been a, a home run. And then it's even worse because they released a development video that I watched. Um, and it, it's two of the dungeon developers talking about, like, developing dungeons, but they're playing at the same time. And they don't seem to know how to play their own game. I, oh, I know God. That, yeah, and, and here's the yeah, thing. Like, I saw I, that. Yeah, like, they're, they're dungeon developers. They don't have to know the ins and outs of, like... Like yeah, uh, but r- routines and stuff like that are rotations on characters, but also like if you're if you're spamming basic skills and dying like 
several times in a dungeon, that's not a good look for the, the, the supposed care of quality in the game. I was going to say, so you said they're, they're dungeon developers, right? Yeah. So you would think that they would know how ca- certain character classes would flow through a dungeon then. I, I think, I it, I think I they're mostly they, I, art people. I think they were art people. Okay, so, well, so if they're art people, yeah, I could guess, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, but I, I think it was, if they're just art people, then it was really dumb of them to put that out because that just made them look bad. Yeah, no, that, that video... Um, and and it it does it looks really bad for the company. Um, oh yeah, uh, like not not as bad as a Bill Cosby suite, but <laughs> no, no. But like, still, it's just like you, you're already having enough problems with the game to then do that to release that video at this time. I really want to tell you I'm how proud I am of not doing a Bill Cosby impression. <laughs> Like, I am sitting here just biting my tongue. It's the Diablo pudding pot. <laughs> you put the Diablo pot. Okay, I'm going to stop right, right. there. But, and, um, uh, but, but you know, here, here's the thing. Like, I, I got to level 50. I'm at a spot now where I can just, like... Because I, I was grinding the game pretty hardcore to get to that, that level 50 mark. Uh, to open up, right. like, the, the actual game. Because the campaign and everything like that, the game doesn't really start till you hit level 50 and, like, the real grind of gear and everything begins. Again, I'm making this sound terrible, but it works for me. Um, I love this shitty, horrible game. Yeah, But, no, it's, um, <laughs> like, I, I got to that point, so now I'm able to step back and I'm going into my game pass and I've got, like, ten games installed. I played a little bit of the first, uh, the 2016 Doom Last night, I just installed Dead by Daylight. I'm really excited about getting into that. So I'm. I even played Skyrim this morning. Like, oh, I, I love Skyrim. Yeah, I, yeah. We've talked about that. I am autistic for Skyrim. Yeah, I've been, I've been playing. Um, I, I I I'm also noticing that I'm playing some games that are older that like I haven't played in a while, and I'm realizing, man, these games are a lot harder than when I was younger. <laughs> yeah, no, age dulls the senses and the abilities. Your reaction yeah, I, time. I, I went to that mm-hmm. Barrow um, Barrow Den or whatever, the Thieves' Den up in the mountains. Um, oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, like, the spiders kicked my ass twice. Oh, wow. Yeah, that that's how that's going. <laughs> um, Jesus. Yeah, so... That's uh, fun. Yeah, I just... um, it, It's fun to kind of go back. Like, I got stuck on Doom, actually, uh, trying to get through the first fucking door. Because I didn't realize that <laughs> I, there was a body propped under the door, and I had to look and like pull the body out. I just I assumed like I could punch the door open. The new games really aggravating. It's too many fucking button inputs. I think it, there's too much going on, and uh, I, 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 and I probably would have loved it when I was younger. But like right now, I am way too old. I, I to remember playing a game like that. I also had that kind of like moment when I started playing Grand Theft Auto Five, because um, this is my first time playing Grand Theft Auto Five because I hadn't had a system that'll play it, and I, you mm-hmm. know, I got it through Game Pass, and I was on that like first robbery thing, and there's a part where a guy holds a character at gunpoint, and you have to shoot him, and the instructions were telling me to do one thing, and it was telling me to go into camera mode. And not, like, shoot the guy. So I got stuck in the loop of, like, well, why do you want me to go into camera mode? 
I do kind of remember like the 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 kind of semi tutorial uh, mm. section. Is that that where? Yeah, it was? yeah, the bank heist yeah. where you go I do, in. Yeah, I yeah. do remember that be, being confused at some part of that. So yeah, yeah, and I, the, I was stuck on that for like like maybe like a couple of minutes, and, and at one point like I died because it took too long. But I'm like, why do you keep sending me into camera mode? It's like I don't need to know about the camera mode. I need to know like. Mm-hmm. Again, like I hadn't played a Grand Theft Auto game in ages, so a lot of it's me just trying to familiarize familiarize yeah. myself with the controls. It's like, why'd you put me in yeah. a fucking bank heist without giving me a chance to kind of like let me walk around a neighborhood and like lead me through a thing to learn let, the controls let, or something? Let me Fuck. just steal a car and ramp it. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, I, I there were I was confused a bit in that part too. Well, like, um, so it's not you know it's not uh unheard of for that to be a little yeah. obtuse. So here's my problem with the newer Doom games is uh, Glory Kills. Just give me ammo pickups, alright? I, 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 do. I don't care about badass it's, Glory Kills. I just want to shoot shit like, I, I, and I pretend know. it's customers, okay? Like, well, you don't have to do that, though. Yeah, yeah you do, because that's the only way to get life and ammo and crap. Uh, well, like, I, like I, 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 under, I understand where you're coming from, but the fact that I was able to knee a demon's rib cage up through its jaw tells me like no this is cool Let, let's keep yeah, the glory well, kills I, I keep forgetting to do glory kills so I run out of ammo and then just start dying because there's no ammo and all I can do is run around and kick mm-hmm. I look like a rocket trying yeah. to kill <laughs> demons you know, so it, it, I, I didn't know that was a thing like I just don't remember doing those and not having that big of a problem. Oh, it is like I had it on a uh, Game Pass for a little bit, and I get just got so fucking aggravated because I couldn't get past the first stage because I kept running out of ammo and I kept forgetting to do glory kills. You know, and the other glory holes. No, no, I I, I, I holes, get what yeah. you're saying with that because it. At, at, once you figure it out, though, it doesn't feel like intrusive. It just kind of get it. I think it's the reason why that works, and like the unlike the door, like having to use the press in the control stick to open the door, which makes no fucking sense oh, to me. Oh yeah, no, that sucks. But but using the control stick to do the glory kills because that's part of your aiming reticule, that makes sense, and that doesn't like disturb the f- gameplay flow. To See, me. I and I guess I'm. It's because I'm old. I still am not used to pressing the stick, and also <laughs> I'm playing on a keyboard. I remember the first time I played with the DualShock controller, and it's like, oh my god. No, I wasn't the DualShock 2 that mm-hmm. had the clickable sticks. Yeah. Yeah. But oh, like, not a lot of games used those. Yeah. No, I, no, I've i played lots of games that used it, so I'm used to that. Like, the, the R3 and L3. Yeah, I'm yeah. not big on those at all. I mean, it, it does kind of suck when you're trying to do it in something where you're also trying to move the stick at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Because, or or if it's something that's obtrusive and, like, you're jamming on the stick and accidentally are pushing it in, like, it's, say, jump or something oh, like that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, you're, like, trying to waggle. In... Or crouch, yeah. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that happens to me in Tears of the Kingdom all the time. Yeah, same. Yeah, you're, like, moving around very, like, spiritedly, and you're accidentally pushing it in, so you're crouching, and, like, like, why am I moving so slow? Oh, it just I'm fucking like crouched. You're, it just looks like you're, like, constantly squatting to try to work the poop you're, out. You're teabagging. You're trying to <laughs> yep, teabag the goblins. I, I, I so, don't know. 
my my thing right now is like I'm trying a bunch of games and my brain is getting very confused learning all these different <laughs> control methods. Oh yeah. yeah. Yep. That yep. that that is that is the kind of old old gamer brain mm-hmm. where you know too many control uh, schemes are competing for I, residency. I feel like if you're making a modern game, you should make it where you can run it on an NES controller. <laughs> we'll call it Kevin mode. <laughs> yeah, shut up. <laughs> or, or just just have like you know, just just they should standardize on like control layouts so you can be like, yeah, I want you could choose to either use you know your proprietary what you think is the best or just use the old gamer version where yeah. all the jump is this button on all of them oh the god crouch is this button on all of and, them and then like you have like a bethesda mode where the controls are pretty good but then like everything else in the game breaks oh <laughs> oh god the xbox buttons infuriate me sometimes like number one the, yeah. the way that they label the abyx like i hate mm-hmm. that uh, you know, I come yeah. from like Nintendo games, right? You know, A is always uh, on the right side. Yeah, it's B and, and, and then, then A. Yes, the way that yeah, they the, the icons for L one R L one L two L R one R two. Oh, those are fucked. Yeah, though, yeah. like the, those button like icons are just terrible, especially the one for like the the, the left and right trigger buttons. Yeah, it just oh god, it gets so confusing. Like uh, otherwise, like the controls are fine. But when I first started Diablo, I, I kept having issues with like pressing the wrong button because I was I was so used to like the Nintendo Switch layout. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. You know, looking at an Xbox controller, you got LB and RB and LT and RT. But of course, on a PlayStation, you have L one. R1 and L2 R2 but then on the switch you have you know what is this it's like L and R and, and ZL and ZR ZR yeah mm-hmm. so all three of them have different which you want to get on a little tangent here looking at these controllers and looking around my desk I have 1 2 3 4 5 uh, 6 uh, uh. 7 within re- arm's reach i have like seven controllers of various stripes around me i'm a controller whore like i just bought this week i because it was on sale i bought a ps4 controller i don't have a ps4 but i bought a ps not four five i don't have a ps5 but Mm -hmm. i bought a ps5 controller i'm see i can't even keep them straight in my fucking head (laughs) yeah i have a ps4 controller over here by my tv which I can hold. So right now I'm holding a PS4 and a PS5 controller. I have a PS4. I don't have a PS5, but I bought the fucking controller to use with my computer because I'm a fucking idiot. Well, you know what? <laughs> I think it's about time for a break, guys. Yeah, yeah. But, but you don't want we'll me to rant about it. how for my computer I have both. I have both used a three uh, Xbox Elite Two controller, a Steam controller, a PS5 controller and a Nintendo Switch controller. You don't want me to keep going about that? I've never had an issue with mouse and keyboard. All consoles should be Yeah, see, I use that oh, well, most of the time. So there are there are plenty of games where mount, where controllers are better. Like yeah. anything driving, I'm using a controller. Yeah. Like like you said Grand Theft Auto 5. You want you want to know how much time I've put in Grand Theft Auto 5? In, in Grand Theft Auto 5 online. Mm. So, 
sorry to can stretch this out, Kevin. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. But I, I have. You should be uh, apologizing to me. I'm the host. I played all of the story mode of P of Grand Theft Auto Five on the PS3, but then when it came out on the PC, I bought it and pretty much exclusively played online. And I have six hundred ninety-five point three hours in Damn. that. Looking at the Steam stats, just an online. Damn. Yeah. Oh boy. Well, that's probably my most played game. Well, you probably got about uh, five minutes to play it because we're going on a break for just a little bit. And we'll be I'm back not playing soon. it now. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, we'll be back in a moment, folks. Hey, David, you know what makes our show great? What's that, Kevin? No ads. You know what would make it better? What's that, Kevin? Ads. What if, and I'm just spitballing here, we do ads for independent creators at reasonable rates? How reasonable? Overly. How about $2 per episode pre-roll? That is almost too reasonable. Might as well go for it. Let's send everyone to the contact page for Supernatural Selection. SupernaturalSelectionPod.com slash contact? Exactly. Just have them scroll down to the Advertise With Us section for more information. That sounds great. Now let's record the ad. Kevin? Yes, David? We just did. Welcome back to the Bone Zone, the Diablo 4 Necromancer podcast. I'm your host, Bone Daddy David. <laughs> God damn, son. <laughs> oh, right off the top of my head. Okay, there we go. Well, I'm Skullman Jack, and we're going to be listening to the best bone music you can find. We're starting with the Grateful Dead. <laughs> you know, it was funny. I think you mentioned to me the other day you were watching something about like how they shot that Weird Al movie pool scene. Yes. And it just showed up on my YouTube feed, so Google is obviously listening. Oh, but, yeah, um, no, obviously. And, and I, I'm, I'm impressed how well Jorma Tacone uh, did um, as Pee-wee. Yes. Because I've been watching a lot of Pee-wee clips lately, too. Because, obviously, R.I.P. Pee-wee Herman. Yeah. Um, yep. But, yeah. But, you know, speaking and of delightful childlike characters, Kevin, can you tell us what you've been distracted with? It's the Muppet Show with our very special guest star. No one. No. Um. I've actually <laughs> been watching a documentary. Uh. Back in 2017, Frank Oz put out a documentary. Frank Oz, film director and uh, Muppeteer, <clears throat> put out a documentary called Muppet Guys Talking, mm-hmm. and it was available. Uh, digitally for I think it was like ten or twenty dollars, or you could get a DVD for one hundred dollars. Jesus! And it was only available from him, and it has gone out of print. But like most things, it is also now available on the Internet Archive, so I got a chance to watch it finally. Mm. So it is Frank Oz who played Fozzie, Piggy, Grover, Cookie Monster, insane numbers of characters. You don't need to uh, quote the scriptures. I was there when they were written, so. <laughs> God damn it. Dave Golds, <laughs> who was uh, uh, Gonzo. My favorite Muppet. 
Yes, and uh, Boober on Fraggle Rock. Mm-hmm. Fran Brill, who who played Prairie Dawn on uh, Sesame Street, you know, the little girl Muppet, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which I, there was a lot more character development with that character than I thought. You know, she started out as your typical little girl, and then she just became, like, girl boss. Well, but, like, how often do you find yourself watching Sesame Street? Nowadays? Right. N- uh, I, not often. Well, in Prairie Dawn, how, how long was Prairie Dawn in the Muppet, or uh, in Sesame Street? Oh, God, up until, like, the 80s. So, like, 20-something years. Yeah, I think now, like, the main girl uh, Muppet on Sesame Street is Abby Cadabby. It's another another monster, yes. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, But it was... They also had uh, the late Jerry Nelson, Mm -hmm. who... uh, That was uh, Gobo Fraggle, uh, the announcer that did Pigs in Space. Space! Uh, Dr. Bunsen Honeydew, uh, get Snuffleupagus, mm-hmm. just tons of characters, obviously. And uh, Bill Beretta, who I was not familiar with until I learned that he played Pepe the, Fro- uh, Pepe the King Pronoke. <laughs> and uh, he pl- he also plays, you know, the bear that's been in a lot of the more recent Muppet stuff. Yeah, like the one that's I don't want to say he's photorealistic, but he's more realistic than most yes. Muppets. Yes, yeah. but the the big dumb bear, yeah, him, yeah. that's him. But who's great, by the way? Yeah, no, he. A lot of his characters are fantastic, mm-hmm. and uh, like, all I love of I love Pepe. Pepe is one of my favorites, man. I love Pepe. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Uh, <laughs> But it talked about, like, they were talking about, like, the development of the characters, which is great, because Bill Beretta talked about the origin of Pepe was his mother-in-law, who is Spanish, (laughs) and she ends every sentence with okay. (laughs) So, it's like the punctuation mark is like, oh, how are you? Do you need some more food? Okay. And I was like, that's fucking great. And Jerry Nelson talked about uh, the origin of his characters, and uh, Frank said that Piggy developed, it was him and uh, I can't remember the guy's name, the guy that played Scooter would Mm. alternate Piggy in the first season. And he was playing her and this one in the role and defying the character, there was a scene where she was talking to Kermit and she was supposed to slap him and for some reason Frank yells hi-ya and does a karate (laughs) chop. And that was it. That was Piggy. That was the birth of the character. He said she wants to be a fashion model, model, but inside she is a truck driver. <laughs> Kung Fu truck driver. Yes, she she is not a good singer. She is not beautiful. She is also unwilling to give up. No, I think is... I think I think Miss Piggy uh, Miss Piggy is pretty. I, I think that okay. as, okay. as a, a pig muppet, she is that... very pretty. <laughs> does remind me of the horrifying thing where they were doing shoots for the Muppet calendar and they had Piggy doing, they had the puppet doing some uh, uh, fashion model stuff and Frank Oz sitting there going, holy shit, that's hot. And I'm like, <laughs> I would have looked at him and just backed away slowly. That, 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 that's the kind of shit that, uh, uh, what's his name? Oh, fuck. Oh, God. Well, the, the, the infamous uh, movie, um, uh, you know, Apocalypse Now guy. Oh, 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 uh, yeah. fuck. Uh, uh, Marlon Brando. 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 
Yeah. I bet you wish I was a Muppet so you could stick your hand up my ass and make me do what you want. That was an actual thing he said to Frank Oz when they were filming a movie. <laughs> Robert De Niro had to come in and direct him with Frank Oz in an earpiece. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. What movie was that? I don't remember. It was like one of Brando's last movies. It was like oh, yeah. Brando... And Robert De Niro and Frank Oz directing, and Frank Oz was like, "I would fire him if the studio would yeah, let like, me." Yeah, Brando just would not take direction from Frank Oz. Hey, you gonna make me tell me what to do, there, puppet man? Fuck you, puppet man. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, it just the stories they told were amazing. So many things about Jim Henson, mm. uh, and the I was not aware of how much danger they were in on a regular basis. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, Miss like, Piggy karate chopping the shit out of everybody. Oh, no, no, no. Mike, I should tell him about the uh, campfire scene. It's the score was the name of the uh, movie. The score, yes. Okay. 2001. Was, yeah. Directed by Frank Oz, starring Robert De Niro and Marlon Brando. You can't tell me what to do, puppet man, but you wish I was one of your puppets. Sorry, I'll never get over doing that impression. I just I just could not continue until I knew the name of that. Okay, movie. that's fair. So, here's my favorite story. It's yes, not the makeshift elevator yeah. thing they built that if it collapsed, it would kill all of them. That was for the, what was uh, that? The, the Great, Great Muppet, Muppet Caper. Caper. Yeah, they're climbing up like a, like a drain pipe or part of a wall or and something. And Jim just built this lay-down elevator so they could all lay down and operate the puppets As and they went climbing. up the wall. And if, like, the top one fell, it would have crushed all of them and turned them into a meat sandwich. Yeah, it was just, yeah, it was this wild elevator with stacked bodies on little, like, cubby holes. It's like, it's like little coffins on a conveyor going up. It's like a Japanese <laughs> coffin hotel, but, you know. Deadly. Full of puppeteers. <laughs> and the stink of death and fear. No, um, but no the next one was... This, buck wild this. like i was look i was walking back and forth through the den when he was watching it and i just stopped and watched because this is insane okay so they're doing this you remember the muppets and john denver were like intimately linked in the 70s and 80s they're yeah. inseparable yeah. there's like there's like he was on the muppet unhealthy show there were of. there were albums there were specials mm-hmm. it's fucking crazy so <clears throat> they're doing this Muppet John Denver special where they're out in the woods because John Denver mm-hmm. and the Muppets are all sitting around a campfire. The Muppets and John Denver. And John Denver. And John Denver. Yes. So to do this, you got to have the Muppets and you can't see the puppeteers. So Jim dug a big old pit that's about four feet deep and they put plywood over it they spend a and lot then, of time in pits. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then put sod and leaves and stuff yeah, and on Yeah, dressed it so it looked like, uh-huh. you know, a forest floor. Yeah. So they're all sitting under there with their arms up, you know, mm-hmm. for four hours. And they've all got, like, a Gatorade bottle to piss in. Which which one of them was a was a lady, so that made it a little, That's like... real So awkward. they gave her a funnel. I yeah. guess. But so the other thing is... It had to be around a campfire. And for the pit, well, the campfire, uh, they, they up on a stand, they put a propane tank. And so they're all sitting around the campfire. So they're uh-huh. all kind of in this circle. In know, the pit. In the pit with their arm, well, one arm up. 
uh-huh. which I imagine they would have to take breaks to like get the blood flow back into that oh, arm. Oh, they said they would do that for hours on end, Mike. It's look, crazy. Look, when I work on a vehicle, like, and I'm laying under it, and my arms are up for like after ten minutes. I have to like just oh, lay yeah. there with my hands on my chest, going, letting the blood recirculate. Going, well, oh god, oh, yeah. my well, arms. Well, Muppeteers are made of sterner stuff. Apparently. Yes, apparently. So they're all sitting around, and in the center of the pit for the fire, they have a fucking propane tank up on a box <laughs> right you, in front of their faces. You can't build a, just a normal fire, so obviously it's, it's going to be pl- gas. Yeah. But it's so, in the wilderness. It's out in the middle of fucking nowhere, so it's a fucking propane tank in the pit with the Muppeteers. Yeah, in their faces <laughs> and an open flame over it on plywood. So this is like... The, They're sitting there with look, a bomb in front of them. Look, OSHA would like pass out and die and like just spin over in their graves if yeah. they had been anywhere near this set. Like seriously, there was a sincere danger that that propane tank could just explode and kill all of them and John Denver. I'm surprised they were able to get any insurance underwriting at all on that but luckily kevin you you remember what happened next the next part of that story oh yeah didn't it like fucking uh, was so fucking cold that they didn't actually get to film in the pit hell pit so they moved it to (laughs) a nearby hangar and built a stage (laughs) there but because it was fucking snowing Mm -hmm. and like like negative degrees out so they couldn't do it i don't see why not wyoming or wherever they were i don't see why not they had a propane tank right there in front of them a fire to keep them warm i mean how ungrateful were they them fuckers but i mean that story alone was crazy and then there's a story dave gones talked about where they're doing uh emmett otter's jug band uh christmas Mm -hmm. which is a fucking classic Mm mm-hmm and uh, he's playing a fish in a tank. So what they did is they had this big plastic tank with a hole in the back with a scuba glove. It's like kind of like one yeah. of those, uh, you know, chemical gloves where it's like sealed uh-huh. to the box. Yeah. And, but it's it has one a of puppet those. on the end. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So he's got his hand in this tube, uh, you know, in this hole, in the glove, in a puppet. And uh, sitting there, you know, doing but, his thing. But because now, it's on stage, it's he's, elevated. He's sitting on the a chair on the tines of, of a fucking forklift. <laughs> and he's sitting there and realizes, man, you know what? If the hydraulics on this thing give out and it drops, I'm going to go down and my arm's just going to stay in the tank. Or he also realized that if the driver happens to lean on a lever and it goes up, he also loses his arm. Jesus Either Christ. way, everything Jim I, Henson did is fraught with the specter of I, death. I had no or maiming. I had yes. no idea Muppeteering was such a hazard fraught endeavor. Oh yes, I have to okay. wonder if nowadays it's any safer. You know, I can only imagine it has to be because mm-hmm. I use a lot more blue screen. Ah yes, uh, in like the more modern stuff. Yeah, the, the mm. 70s and 80s yeah. Muppets were buck wild. Yeah. <laughs> like they talked about uh, Kermit sitting on the, the the log in the Muppet movie, you know, playing the banjo, singing the, the, the Rainbow Connection. So Jim is in a metal, uh, basically a big metal uh, drum, oil drum, 
in the water with an air hose mm-hmm. <laughs> with it and a hole cut for his hand with, again, a scuba glove with his arm going up, and he's got an air hose, some wires going down for the monitor so he can see what he's doing, and uh, he's got his earpiece in wired up so he can hear what's going so, on. So wait. And he, he's directing. So so he's in a makeshift bathosphere. <laughs> made out of an oil drum. Made yes. out of an oil drum in a fucking water tank. Yes. Holy shit, this oh, guy oh. was insane. Well, the thing is, and that's what they said, the only reason they did this crazy shit is because Jim was the first person that would line up to do it. <laughs> like, also, Jim would not get people to do something unless he was going to do it himself as well. It also reminds me of some of the horror stories of uh, shooting the Yoda scenes in uh, Empire Strikes oh. Back. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, with all like the live snakes and water and everything mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, no, all that shit. Like, yeah. anything involving a Muppeteer, it, there, there's a chance someone will die. So <laughs> I, think, I think I think that was just, you know, Frank Oz continuing the uh, the dangertainment legacy. Well, and Jim was alive at that point, but still. Yeah. Uh, I, think, and, I think Frank Oz realized he couldn't perform unless he was in mortal danger. You know, that's what it's... Yeah, well, you know, there's some people that are into that kind of thing, and we don't kink shame. So... <laughs> I just, I adore the Muppets. I always have. I've loved Jim Henson, but goddamn, this I is another not, level. This is like a whole other fucking level I didn't know existed. You know? <laughs> that is like, I, I really need to watch that. You said it's on archive.org? It is. It is. I, I think I sent you a link. Okay. Yeah. I, I need so, to sit down and watch that because oh, I, yeah. I just, I love. Do you, do you remember uh, that multi part Jim Henson series, Defunct Land, did? You know, I didn't get to watch it. I'm oh, going to go back and watch it this week. It's legitimately very, very good. Like I, I heard Defunct I, Land I, does amazing mm-hmm. work. Yeah, I, I think I think Kevin Perger of Defunct Land deserves like a contract with someone to do documentaries full time. Oh God, yeah, but, get but, him on Max or but, something. But, but his, his Henson documentary like made me cry a couple times. Like it's, it's oh that wow, good. yeah. Um, now I think I did see the one about Muppet Babies though. Hmm. I'm trying to remember if I saw that one. Did did he do one on Muppet Baby? Oh yeah, yeah, I, he did. It was towards the end. Yeah, yeah okay, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. There, I think it's like six or seven episodes. Okay, yeah. There's there's a playlist. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you know, while we're on this topic of Muppets, like who 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 are your favorite Muppets? Oh, uh, well. First off, I want to say that if you go back and read Coda's World, you will realize I was completely paying homage to the Muppet Show. Yeah. Uh, so, but my favorite Muppets probably uh, Kermit, Gonzo, and the Swedish Chef. Like I love them all, but yeah, me, definitely. For, but, but but the one I always strongly identified with was Gonzo. And I sure, still think no. that the greatest comedy pairing of all time is Gonzo and Rizzo the Rat. Yes, no, that is that is uh, a that, and I feel bad since they had to get rid of uh, uh, Whitmer. Mm. What's his name? The guy that played Rizzo. Yeah, I I still uh, think that they can bring back like the Rizzo Gonzo pairing. Although they did start sure, pairing Gonzo with. Uh, Pepe, Pepe, which worked pretty which well. Which is also good. Yeah. Yeah. I, basically, Gonzo and a smaller thing that's... <laughs> yeah, that's, so, so, that's someone to temper Gonzo's weirdness. Yes. How about uh, you, Mike? 
I was never really a Muppet person. <gasps> as as anathemic as it is to both I of you. I feel like that's less to do with you actively well, disliking like them and that. just more of not being exposed. Yeah. How do we define a Muppet person in this case? Someone who goes out of their way to watch anything now, Muppet related. You did go see The Muppets when it came out well, with Yeah, us, but that was because a bunch of people yeah. were going. Okay, they, sure. Yeah, I was I, just making sure you had seen that I one. am. I, I am nothing if I don't sublimate into a group, into the group, you okay. know, will. But I, I don't know, like, like you know, Muppets, Fraggle Rock, uh, and now Fraggle Sesame Rock, Street, I adore, okay. It just was never really my bag. But, but you've, okay. you, you've, you've seen at least a few, like, Muppet projects, and you, you don't hate them, right? I mean, I don't hate them, but I don't love them, and they're kind of in this, you know, kind of, Meh okay. area for me. That's fair, but I mean that's you, fair. You, you don't have a soul, a but favorite. that's all right. Not everybody does. So, hey, I wasn't going there. <laughs> I, but okay, I will okay. say that my favorite Muppet. I do have a favorite though. Okay. I wonder if Kevin can guess it. Animal? No. God no. Mm, really? Swedish Chef. Oh yeah, no. See, that's one of my top three because you know, just just because of how goofy is. Well, I, well, my favorite thing. Bark, 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 bark. My favorite thing about the Swedish Chef, and this is a story I've heard from like everyone that was involved in the Muppet Show, is whatever was going on in the studio, and they were about to shoot the Swedish Chef. Everybody stopped what they were doing and would come down to watch because, again, it was Jim Henson operating the head. And yeah. Frank Eyes doing the hands, and it was human hands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I use this phrase a lot, but I imagine it was just Buck Wild watching. Yes. <laughs> if how crazy the what made it in the Swedish, I could just only imagine what the Swedish Chef outtakes were oh, like. Yeah, and the thing is, the reason I love it, and the reason everybody stopped, is because Jim and Frank did not coordinate what was going to happen between them beforehand. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the hands were just doing shit. While Jim was reacting to what the hands did. Put the cheeky in the beer Yeah, no, it was fucking great. And, like, that was one of the few things where they didn't have to dub in, like, mm-hmm. you know, canned laughter. <laughs> because they just, just had the onset him. laughter. Uh, yeah, one one um, Swedish chef moment that, like, lives rent-free in my head from that Muppets uh, sitcom that they did. It was kind of like The Office, which I yeah, really I didn't enjoyed. really watch it. I enjoyed that one. But I kind of one... look at it as new Muppet, so... Mm. But go, um, go ahead. But, yeah, they, they had a moment where in the show, Miss Piggy was, like, dating Josh Groban. And oh, I, I recall at one point the, Swede- uh, the Swedish chef going, Der Piggy Groban to Groban. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, okay, like, that's I, funny. I just I remember that, and it sticks in my head because you would depict it a group into grooving. Here's the thing about the Swedish chef and Steve Whitmire's portrayal versus Jim Henson's. And mm-hmm. I, I saw an interview with Steve Whitmire, and I read one where he was talking about, uh, you know, Jim picked him to start taking over, to eventually take over his Kermit. So he worked closely with him. He got to see Jim perform Kermit and he saw how he did it and the same with like Ernie and these other characters so he's like okay I see what Jim did to get into character for that he was like I can't understand the Swedish chef I'm like yes because the Swedish chef is just fucking stupid and silly 
Yeah. There's there's no character. It is literally just heard a bird to the bird. Which if you, also if you listen to uh, Fellowship of the Ring when uh, uh, Saruman is up on Orthanc summoning the storm <laughs> and he's speaking in I'm guessing it's uh, Cinderill or whatever and it's. It's Christopher Lee's deep-ass voice. I swear to God, it just sounds like the Swedish chef awakening a mountain. Waking the mountain, hearing the first to gurn the murder, bork, bork. And uh, then Gandalf had to go under it, so. Uh, <laughs> the borks. I'll tell you yeah. what, Muppets Lord of the Rings would be incredible. Oh, my God. But, but I who, Did I ever tell the... you? Well, okay, God, go ahead. Before. Well, Fozzie is Gandalf. Okay. Yeah. okay. Here's the thing. With the Muppets Project, you have to have one human actor from, oh. to, to be in there with the Muppets. So who is the human oh, that's actor Aragorn. you're keeping? That's Aragorn. Yeah, Viggo Mortensen. I, Viggo as... Mortensen and Muppets. <laughs> so so wait, who's who's uh, Bilbo then? Is it... Um, or no, not Bilbo. Uh, Frodo. Um, oh, that's that's Kermit. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I almost... I kind of I want this now because you know they used to do this kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know who Smeagol is? That's Animal. <laughs> Animal is as as Gollum. Uh, ah, what's Tatter's precious? <laughs> oh my God! Um, Baggins, Shire, Baggins. But who's so Saruman? Uh, the Swedish chef, Uncle Deadly. Oh, ooh, ooh. so does that mean I like uh, that too? But I just want that scene of the Swedish chef upon Orc Thank waking up the uh, in Madras. So, so does that mean Miss Piggy is Samwise, or does that mean make Miss oh, Piggy uh, Arwen? Arwen. Oh, I want Crushing. a karate oh, chop yeah. in Arwen. No, no, Crushing Miss Piggy on and Aragorn. Viggo Mortensen. Like they would, they would. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Yes, yes. Then who's Samwise? Oh man, Scooter. Uh, you know, um, I think uh, I think honestly, Fozzie would Fozzie. make a good yeah, Samwise. Okay, well then, who's then who's Gandalf? Gonzo. Ooh, G- yeah, Gonzo okay. the Gray. Oh my God! Just so, just for the <laughs> when in doubt, follow your nose. <laughs> who's uh, who's Gimli and uh, Legolas? Mm, okay, Legolas is Janice from the Electric Mayhem. <laughs> well, gee, I, I, they're taking the hubs to Isengard. So, so, so then you do... Like, uh, what about a friend? And then you do uh, 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 for, for Gimli. Floyd. Floyd. Yeah. Floyd Pepper is Gimli. <laughs> Holy and shit, you know what? A, cam- a cameo uh, by Bjorn, and it is that bear played by Bill Beretta. Oh I, this has to happen someday. <laughs> this would be Fuck. hilarious. That would be grand. Like I said, just Vigo Mortensen's the only well, human. And, and, and here's the thing: like you, you could, you would have a couple live action actors, and one of them would absolutely be Christopher Lee. Because you know dead. Christopher. Well, I mean, okay, obviously he's dead now. But if they like did a contemporaneous like Muppet Lord of the Rings, you know that Christopher Lee would have acted the hell opposite of the Muppets. Oh God! It would have been like David Warner, or yeah. like a, or like Just, a Michael. Caine. I'm taking, 
Yeah, just uh, that's what I mean. Michael, yeah. Uh, yeah, Michael Kane. Just I'm taking this seriously. I don't care what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I'm taking this seriously. And that's why Muppet Christmas Carol is the best Christmas movie ever made. Uh, look, man, I, I it's good, but that Patrick Stewart of Christmas Carol, man. No, it's good. Like and I, Scrooged. I, I, I don't know. Like, uh, well, well, we'll get into this closer to Christmas time. We'll, we'll do a Christmas distraction well, hole. Long story short, that. I think we're going to have to do a Muppet special where we just brainstorm Muppet movies. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just love the idea of Janice's uh, Legolas for some reason. Uh, now, Fuck. I did get to thinking we'd have to have Robin in there in a role, so I'm thinking like either Mary or Pippin. Mm-hmm. Um, ooh, and with uh, Pepe as Pippin. Oh my god. Yeah, so like I grabbed the Palantir, okay? Oh my god. Holy fuck. Oh, this is brilliant. I'm, I'm happy with this. Oh. What was the point you were making earlier? I'm so sorry. Uh, just the fact that everybody loved the Swedish chef sketches because they're insane. Yeah. And nobody knew what was happening. And, oh, uh, man. Also, I'm just happy that Jim Henson's from Mississippi and we kind of have similar... Like, when I drop the affectation I've developed over the last 40 years, my voice is actually pretty close to Jim Henson, so it sounds I, sort I, of I, like this when I let it go. Yeah, yeah I was said you, I, I noticed you could do a pretty good Kermit the Frog. Yeah, and it, I've told you about... I called over to Rose's one day while I was working at the shoe store to talk to a former friend that worked there, and he warned them that, hey, I'm going to have a phone call, and it's going to sound like Kermit the Frog. <laughs> And just put Kermit through to me. So I didn't know this. And I call over there. And I hear, Rose's Terry Road, can I help you? I just, hi there, can I talk to Greg? And I just hear laughter. And then I'm put on hold. So, yeah. It's a double-edged blade sometimes. So, so Kermit, to, to, you know, continue muppeting kermit figures heavily into like one of my best vr experiences ever um oh oh is this is this in vr chat this was in vr chat and i'm in there and just kind of like going bouncing around looking for something interesting and i end up in one of these rooms where it was like kind of like a stand-up comedy room like there was Mm -hmm. a stage and like there's an open mic night out. at any rate. Well, you, you, but nobody, everybody was goofing around, but there was sure. someone with a Kermit avatar sitting at one of the tables and he was, you know, with the voice and he was singing and playing the guitar Oh, and he was just, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the rainbow connection. He's like just playing all just random Despite songs. Despite all my rage, just, I am still no. just a rat in a cage. Not that, but you know, songs like that, you know. Yeah, no, just, like just real songs. And, and a bunch of us just like gathered around him and listened to him play for like half an hour to 45 minutes. You, you know, and it was... <laughs> I love that you brought that up because I've always thought that like Kermit is kind of a magical thing. Well, like because people people will like just look at him not re- like not even really notice that he's like a puppet. Like obviously they know he's a puppet, else. but he, it just yeah. 
you know, like like if I were to see I, Kermit in real life, like uh, you would ignore a, the puppeteer. Yeah, if, if they're shooting something at Disneyland, that's, for example, and Kermit's there, I would literally go up and say, "Hi, Kermit, I love you very much." You know that. That's yeah. what you need, Kevin. Kevin, you need a a black out outfit and no, Kermit the Frog. Puppet. No, what I need is to grow the hair out again and go as Jim Henson next year to Dragon Con. I mean, just get, saying, go as just go as Kermit. And bring a Kermit. But, yeah. Because no, here's the that. thing. There was a dude dressed like that at Dragon Con last year, but he was not a puppeteer. Mm-hmm. You, you should I, do that because you can do the fucking voice, dude. I know. But here's the other thing. One of the things they talked about in this special that was the impetus for this whole discussion, mm-hmm. Muppet Guys Talking, they talked about how uh, when you're doing the puppet, people completely ignore you and talk to the puppet. And they mm-hmm. showed, like, uh, Frank with Cookie Monster on the Jack Parr show, <laughs> or, or or no, Merv Griffith, uh, or is it Merv Griffin? I don't remember. He is on that show, and uh, he is like, when I talk, you talk, you look at me. You don't look at man back there. And uh, people were <laughs> laughing, but they were all still talking to Cookie Monster. And last year at Dragon Con, I experienced this. Mm. I had my jumpsuit on, my Joel jumpsuit, and I had Tom Servo. And it's a puppet. It's a working puppet. And mm-hmm. I just walked around with the puppet. And I kept having to lean in because everybody just talked to the puppet. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't hear them over the noise because they're directing all questions at the puppet. And the guy operating the puppet can't hear it. And I was like, this is great because I am invisible. Mm-hmm. And I can do anything. Yeah, like, oh, man, like, I, I want to see Kermit the Frog in real life, because it's oh, yeah. just like meeting a person, man. Like, there's just something about Kermit that's just well, magical. K- Kermit has his own star outside of Jim Henson on the Hollywood mm-hmm. Walk fan. Or, or, like, when he showed up on uh, The Masked Singer. It's the most ridiculous thing that Kermit the Frog was the celebrity inside of you one of the costumes. You to be shitting me. Of The Masked Singer. Oh, yeah, no, it's on YouTube. That's crazy. Um, yeah, yeah, Kermit the Frog on The Masked Singer. Look it up. I'm not doing it now. I'm actually looking up how much a Kermit the Frog puppet is. Oh, man. Man, Muppets are fun. They really are. I adore Muppets. I always have. I I really liked that Muppets Haunted Mansion that they did, like, last year. Um, I didn't see it. It felt like a pretty fun throwback because it it was um, Gonzo inherits the Haunted Mansion, like the Disney Haunted Mansion. Oh, yeah? Um, So, number one, it's combining two things I love. Gonzo the Great... And the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland. Right. So right there, they've got me hooked. I but, really um, did enjoy the Haunted Mansion. I, I haven't seen the new Haunted Mansion movie yet. I want to. Oh, no. I mean I mean the ride. Oh, okay. Um, but no, like, so Gonzo inherits this mansion, and it's like a nice little, like, 40 to 50 minute feature. But, like, Gonzo has, like, an interesting narrative journey. Uh, they pair him with Pepe, um, which worked out really well. Um, they had some fun celebrity cameos. I think Neil Patrick ha- uh, Harris was in there. Um, of course. Yeah, Why he, wouldn't he? He's like it? a living Muppet anyway, so. That's true. Yeah. Um, but no, like, if, if you get a chance, if you got Disney+, Plus, check out that uh, uh, Muppets Haunted Mansion. It's actually quite a bit of fun. Okay, cool. I actually do have uh, have that, so. Yay. Yeah, yeah. It, it felt like a nice little return to form, and I started watching that Electric Mayhem series, um, but you know, you know how you get distracted with stuff. I, I watched like yeah. the first three episodes, but really enjoyed it. Um, but I need to finish it. Yeah, that's it. what I've heard. Which it, it's neat that the Electric Mayhem get the focus because um, I think they were always one of the more underrated 
parts of the Muppet Show. Right. Yeah. And I agree. I, I I'm glad they got some. Uh, you know, they got some. Uh, they got some attention there finally. Yeah. But uh, that's that's my segment. I just wanted to talk about Muppets for a little bit because I love them so damn much. If it were up to me, we would talk about Muppets every week. Love them. Yep. Yep. Well, we will do an entire Muppet episode at some point. Yeah, I will I'm, just end by saying how much I loved Fraggle Rock. I'm pretty so. sure a future game I'm going to pitch is like, okay, we're going to pitch Muppet movies. So, <laughs> um, Yeah. All right. So um, do we want to do the game first or we do, do we want to talk about what the celebrity birthdays are today first? Mike, how do you want to do this? Do you want to do celebrity birthdays or do you want to do the game? Either way. I don't care. Okay. We'll start with celebrity birthdays. All right. All right, so happy birthday to Sebastian Stan. Oh, hey, Bucky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Captain ha- Bucky O'Hare. Mm-hmm. God damn it, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, happy birthday to Alfred Hitchcock. Oh, wow, that's a little po- problematic. There's a there's a really good Behind the Bastard yeah. series on him, and that man was a... Uh, yeah, no, he, he was a bit of a terror. I mean... Um, but, you know, fantastic artist, but goddamn, son. Yeah, he's yeah, definitely right. of an older Hollywood period. Still, it's like it's, I, mean, I think it's, it's an important milestone. In the the art, history. not the artist. Yeah. Yep. Um, like, Psycho is still amazing. Um, yes. Yes, it is. Happy birthday, John Slattery. John Slattery? Um, Iron uh, Man's uh, dad. Of course, I know him oh! as a, uh, from Mad Men. Okay, so we're talking about, wait. Wait, we're talking about the one that looks like Walt Disney, mm-hmm. not the one that played Preacher. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. I was I was thinking of uh the one from Whose Line. That's 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 Tony. Yeah, I, I the slattery just yeah. made me go. There. No, I, I totally I totally get name. that, dude. I totally get that. Uh Don Lewis, who is the voice of uh the captain in Lower Decks. Oh, cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then, let's see. Who else do we have here? Danny Bonaducci. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's his birthday Man. today. Yeah. That's, that's some. And, yeah, those are, like, the, the big names here. Wait, let me just go a little bit further. I could have sworn there was at least one more. Oh, yeah, um... Okay, so this one's a little bit like more niche for me, but um, this is Michael Sinter Nicholas. Um, he he was the voice of uh, Donnie on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two thousand three, and he's also the voice of uh, Dean Venture. Oh, cool! Mm-hmm. And yeah, those are the birthdays today that I felt like covering. So, well, that's cool. It's always just interesting to see who was born on the day that we record. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, gentlemen, so let's move into the game here. All right, so I gave you a little warning ahead of time. So um, we're going to talk about needle drops today. So when I say needle drop, what do you think I'm talking about? Um, I'm guessing it's when, like, the opposite of a record scratch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, you know, you have a scene coming in and it's like someone puts the needle on the record and the big song for the moment plays. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So we're going to establish a couple ground rules. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we aren't using orchestral scores here. You know, no, it has actual to be, songs. Yeah. It has to be a licensed song. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has to, and it doesn't matter if it's diegetic or non-diegetic. We, we know what that is, right? 
uh, pretend I'm an idiot and don't know. Okay. Explain it to yeah. me. So, so diegetic sound is sound that's generated within the scene. Like if someone puts uh, okay. on a jukebox. Okay, so not okay, so something could that be, is yeah. actually playing. It, yeah, God's playing it or it's playing in the scene itself from a radio. or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Exactly, and then non-diegetic being, you know, whatever the, the, uh, the audio producer puts in there. So, um, so um, that, that's kind of what we're working with here. And I'm going to, mm-hmm. I want us to kind of think about like examples of what we think are really great needle drops in movies. Now, I'm going to start off with an example of a diegetic to non-diegetic needle drop in a movie, which was really interesting. Okay. Okay. So in the recent Ninja Turtles movie, because um, th- I saw it again. This is kind of what yeah. kicked off the thing for me. Um, okay. There's a moment where the mutants, uh, there's a group of mutants, and they're in a van, and they decide to do a sing-along to a song on the radio. Uh-huh. So, so they turn on the radio, and it's uh, four non-blondes with what's going on, the original one. <laughs> you know, I cry right. sometimes when I'm lying in bed. Yes, right? Um, so uh, that's playing on the radio. I think I've heard about this. Mm-hmm. And then there's a part where the turtles cause the van to flip, and it transitions into. Do you remember that He-Man video? Slacks yeah. Oh, wake song, up in the, the morning dance? and I go yes. outside. Yes. Or it transitions to that, and you get this chase scene where that song <laughs> is playing. So you have this needle drop of the original, and then it transitions to like a non-diegetic version. Well, that's fucking scene. great, and it was it was legitimately good, and I was so surprised that like the movie used a four uh, like they they used that song number one like I'm yeah I wouldn't have expected that in Ninja Turtles movie, but it worked so fucking well. So I, I just kind of want to what what sort of needle drops do you guys remember, and let's see if we can figure out one that's like really good. So the only one I can think of offhand, and I just r- literally just thought of it like two seconds ago mm-hmm. like when we started talking about it is uh, uh the tron legacy when he's walking into the ar- into the flynn's arcade oh, dude. Uh-huh. and it's journey chills yeah, yeah dude yeah just dun 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 that just that yeah you know, heavy mm-hmm. bass line and drums kicking it off dude, oh that's a yeah. good one dude Man, I gotta go back and watch it yeah, again. Tron, I love yes, that you know, movie. Tron Legacy had another one. I I don't know if I count this as a score because it is Daft Punk doing it. And even though they did the score, it's also a very Daft Punk song. But when they're yeah. in the end of Wine Club, and the fight yeah. starts, oh, and then yeah, they literally yeah, yeah. start playing a track. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah, does it's that just count? them being it's them. Like, it's like them. I don't know. I mean, the it's like the in universe DJs. They had specifically a fight song already there. It's yeah, like they're they, sitting there a going. Fight breaks out, and they're like. I get to use the fight song. But yeah, awesome. I know. It's but, almost like they they look at each other and it's like, I told you this would happen. But, but it's also like they're so recognizably Daft Punk. Oh, that, yeah. Like, like, <laughs> how, like, how does that count? That? Because that's one of my prized possessions, actually, is I got the deluxe version of that, that soundtrack. And mm-hmm. it came with a giant glow-in-the-dark poster of them in those costumes. Oh, Tron awesome. Legacy. Yeah, I got that shit framed and I'm going to put it up eventually, but... You know, I know that's not like a great movie, but I fucking I love, love that it, movie. dude. Like, it makes me cry. Look, thank you, Mike, for bringing that up. No, yeah. no, it, it's good, and I'm glad they're finally actually going on with the sequel. I mm-hmm. just hate that they're I mean, not around anymore for it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you never know. I mean, they're still doing projects separately. Maybe yeah. they can. They might not do it as Daft Punk, but they could. I, you know, I, come I think, on. 
I think they would probably bring on Joe Trapanese to do the um, to do the score because he did the yeah. Tron animated series, and that mm. had really amazing music too. Okay, but alternative, what if they brought in Dead Mouse? I wouldn't hate it. Yeah, yeah same. I, mean, I really like Dead Mouse. Yeah. yeah. No, that'd be cool. Just a different kind of different yeah, direction. Yeah, just have a different really cool techno artist that since doesn't supposed, show their face. You know, since yeah. it's in the real world, having a uh, you know different you know kind of mm-hmm. sound would be interesting. Yeah. Speaking of, have you ever heard uh, Dead Mouse's "The Velt"? A mm. maybe. Mm. Okay, really good song. Uh, just like not like it. It's not really like his normal stuff, but it's really fucking good. Yeah, and uh, it's it's like. An 11, 12 minute song, and there's like an eight minute version, and then there's like a radio version. So, so like every so. Daft Punk song. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Um, no, no, but I think that Tron Legacy example with uh, Journey, like that, that's an amazing example. Oh, yeah. And like that's the exact sort of thing that I was thinking about. Oh, good. I'm okay. Glad I, I'm glad I uh, pleased. Yeah. So, you want to know mine? Yeah, yeah, go for it. All right. The Kingsman. Yes, the first dude. Kingsman movie, the church fight, Freebird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that one's an amazing one. Because mm-hmm. I was like, look, this this is like one of the best fucking sequences. He's just murdering people to Freebird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like that, that's such a fun fucking sequence too. Yes. Oh man. Uh, yeah. No, I love that scene. I've always loved that scene. Now, now um, I can think of two directors who do this needle drop thing all the time, and I'm trying to figure out who does it better. Okay. James Gunn or Quentin Tarantino? Mm, mm, you know, I'm okay. I hate Quentin Tarantino with a fucking passion, so I'm gonna say James Gunn. And I'm surprised none of us actually mentioned any of the Guardians movies. You know that that I figured it was gonna get there eventually because you know if you're talking about something like this, <laughs> Guardians is gonna come up. Um, especially Honestly, Guardian, like Guardians Two, the scene on the uh, Ravager ship with uh, come a little bit closer. Yeah, and then how it transitions into like the kind of orchestral version of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude. Well, you know what? One of my favorites is actually mm. speaking of James Gunn is uh, that last big assault in Peacemaker where it's set to the theme song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to taste it by uh, Wigwam? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just really thought that was a great one. Yeah, like James Gunn does that in like all of his movies. He always has that big yeah. musical set piece. So, um, and and sometimes he'll have multiple mm-hmm. in. So James Gunn's kind of like the cheat sheet of that because you know he, he always does it, does it. He does it so Which, often yeah, and guess, so well. I guess that's a good thing. None of us brought him up because it'd be too easy. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm going to say that Quentin Tarantino's up there, too. Uh, I like, fucking hate him, so... I'm, I'm indifferent. I mean, I... I like the Kill Bill movies, but he, I've never I, liked anything else I've seen See, him do. like, I think he's done some amazing movies. I, I do have, like, the 20th anniversary Tarantino box set, so, like... I, okay, yeah. that's fine. You're a fan. I yeah. know I'm kind of on the outside with but, this one, But, you know, fine. like, Kill Bill, I think there's some good yeah. needle drops in there. Um... Like, I think one of his most iconic is always going to be uh, the opening to Pulp Fiction. Oh, what's it called? Dizzerloo? Yeah, yeah. Miserloo. Miserloo by um, Miserloo. Dick Dale. Um, yes. But but even then, like, I'm also thinking of um, Reservoir Dogs when they turn on the radio and it's um, you know, Steeler's Wheel. I've never actually seen it. It's fun. Like, it, it's fun. 
I don't know. Like you, you don't like Quentin Tarantino, so I can all I can say is like it's fun. Um, it's fun for if you like him, it's fun. Yeah, but like it, again, like every single one of his movies has that. Like for example, um, Django Unchained. There's a beautiful sequence um, where they're on the the road with their horses, and it's to a Jim Croce song. Um, and oh, it, okay. Yeah, and it's it's beautiful. Like, did you ever see Django Unchained? No. Because it, it was Tarantino, so I, I skipped it. Uh, give, give that one a try. That one's a lot of fun. I've heard really good things about so, it. I would so. say I I don't like Tarantino as a person either, but <laughs> yeah. I've, not watched, I've not regretted watching any yeah. of his movies. I, like, I, like I need, I'll be the first to say he's kind of a dick. I yeah. need to say and, the reason I have these feelings is because I saw Pulp Fiction and I fucking despised it. I, how can you hate Pulp Fiction? I'm just not movie. loving it. I just don't like it. Yeah, then again, you're, you're okay. You're despised Kevin. is you, a strong you, word. I didn't like Pulp Fiction. When was I the last time you the saw it? I, I, 20 years ago. Uh, okay, yeah. so he, here's the thing when it came out, you, did think, you see it when it came out? I didn't. I think the problem is, is we had a mutual friend that hyped it up and it was like his favorite thing ever. And so he forced you to watch it and he was like, "Eh." oh yeah, yeah, that, that'll ruin it for you. But you know, Mm -hmm. the other, the other thing is like, we think about film a lot differently now after Pulp Fiction and Pulp Fiction kind of like started that whole thing with the non-linear editing. Um, with so many movies, with so many movies doing that now, it might be a little bit easier to swallow. I don't know if that it, was an issue. It wasn't. It wasn't really the nonlinear story stuff. I I understood what was happening. Okay. The problem was I watched the movie and I felt like I needed a shower. I didn't think anything was that fouling. Well, no, just the whole movie felt greasy. Well, yeah, I mean no, that's, I, that's it's, that's it's just, supposed to be. I mean, it's it's, I know. it's Tarantino. It's, it's I know. Pulp. It's I know. supposed to be like and dirty I, and gritty. I did not like the movie, so. Uh, you know, I, I'm gonna say go ahead and give it a try. Um, or if not that, try Django Unchained. I'll, now Django Unchained, I'm willing to Kevin, check out. Django Unchained. Here's here's the thing, Kevin. Are you are you comfortable with a movie made by a white man that has more n words? than any other movie in cinema history. I am comfortable watching it if Jamie Foxx was okay making there it. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Like okay, yeah. Like okay, that's Tarantino the big thing. Tarantino is problematic. He Oh yeah. Th- th- like why he gave himself the den the dead N-word storage monologue in Pulp Fiction is beyond me. Uh because yeah. he I don't know, man. That's oh boy. Oh, yeah. But you, there, he he is legitimately talented as a director and writer, um, uh, and I will not argue that. Yeah, uh, because like I said, I really did like the two Kill Bill movies. His best movie is still Jackie Brown, though. I haven't seen it. Actually. I haven't seen that one either. Jackie Brown is like the the Tarantino that you could like show anyone. I think where it's like not entirely full of his more Tarantino tendencies. Like like mm-hmm. feet, yeah, yeah. Like I mean, there's still feet in there and everything. Like, I, it's it's I, also I, Pam Greer getting like a yeah. starring role in a prestige, yeah. Drama, I'll, I'll and, get, it's, could, and it's got Robert yeah. Forster in it, and it's just it's real fucking good. See, there's a couple. That's a couple of his. I guess I could go back and yeah. try and, to and watch. Like, like you, like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That one's I fun. You would, couldn't I th- finish. I it. think you would enjoy that. I, I mean, tried to watch it. With I stuff you uh, it. you like anyway. 
I know, you'd think that. And I tried to watch it, and I was just like, ah, I don't like these characters. It's, pro- it's probably his nerdiest fucking movie. Cause he, and I feel um, like part of it was, it was, it's another one of those movies that somebody was hyping up and told me how awesome it was, and I just was not buying it at the time. And that's, again, that's on me. Yeah, and I, I would not hype up his movies. I would say they're, you know, enjoyable. But I'm not going to say, like, they're the best shit ever. Oh, I just, you know... And the other thing... What what was that other movie you did that? I saw? Oh, fucking From Dusk Till Dawn. That, well, that, was, that wasn't him. That was Robert Rodriguez. Was it? Yeah. I'm not a fan of him either, but that's I just don't like his movies. That, that was just, like, you know, pure absurdity you can't you know just don't take that seriously i did like that rodriguez made him a pervert in that movie yeah i I think that was also his awakening into the foot thing because once selma hayek puts her foot in your mouth you're pretty much a foot guy didn't tarantino write from dusk till dawn he just didn't direct it yeah i don't don't know. know i think i think he wrote it but not directed it i I don't think he he wrote her putting her foot I don't think he intended to play Richie Gecko, but I think Robert Rodriguez made him Richie Gecko. Probably, or probably begged Rodriguez to make him that that role. He's like, I wrote this role, and I really want to play it, man. See, it I, was I don't written think that by was the Quentin case. Tarantino. That's what I thought. Okay. I thought it, it was, was written by Quentin Tarantino from a concept story by Robert Kurtzman. Mm. Mm. Okay. But yeah. So, no, I mean and. So, and you know, I t- Tarantino. I he he he's okay. I mean, I mean, he he definitely has influenced Hollywood for better or worse. Yeah, you know, same same with you know other ones like you know Nolan and. But then again, if it wasn't for these weirdo directors that you know become you know cult favorites. And you know, box office favorites movies would be just we just can continue to get like Lethal Weapon thirty one and you know, you know shit like that. Yeah. Movies wouldn't have changed if it weren't for those kind of directors. Yeah, for better or worse. No, yeah. uh, but you know, getting back to the thing about the needle drops, like um, yeah. he he's definitely one of those people who kind of like really established that as a aspect of filmmaking i think like because yeah. you've had it before but just like the way that he executes that in some of his movies like yeah, he he definitely wrapped you know popular music more tightly into the soul of a movie than just you know being part of a soundtrack mm-hmm. yeah he he chose songs that were more tightly integrated into the flow of the movie yeah yeah uh, like almost like the sequences are written around the song um, yeah I, I'm, I'm trying to think of some other like famous or not maybe not even famous but other like really good needle drops you know because there's there's a lot of like examples of bad needle drops um like super mario brothers movie you know doing take on me in the yeah especially when they had a beautifully orchestrated donkey kong song that they could have used that is actually on the soundtrack but mm-hmm. instead they put in take on me didn't work um yeah that that being said um dropping the beastie boys at the beginning that worked 
Sure. Yeah. But it's it's one of those, you know, the other thing, I, like Super Mario Brothers movie, I think is a great example of like so, when the needle drop doesn't work because then opening with um, the the penguins and they have the battle without honor, you know, da, 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 that one. Yeah. Um, again, See, doesn't really like work. There was there was an, there's enough music in the Super Mario games that they didn't have to do a lot of needle drops. And yeah. I, mean, I was I, a little upset that they did. I can understand yeah. putting one or two in for, you know, you know, kind of crowd pleasing sake, but yeah, having too many when you already have such, you know, such a solid backlog of scores to choose from. Yeah. So I, um, I think like the Mario movie is a great example of like when it so doesn't he, work. Here's one that I think like at the time I thought it was kind of neat, but on, you know, the, the older I get, the more I think back about it, the less I like it is the Beastie Boys in the uh, J.J. Baby Star Star Trek movie. Either of them, yeah. I mean, that's just so out of well, place. Uh, well, you it do also... get that great joke about it becoming classical music, which, like, honestly <laughs> makes sense, but... Um... Here's the thing. It throws a certain bit of canon out there. It Here's the thing, all right? Okay, so the Beastie Boys exist in the J.J. Abrams Star Trek universe. Mm -hmm. The Beastie Boys did a song that mentioned Mr. Spock. Yes, yes. Yes. So we've got a weird-ass paradox going on. Yes. But consequently, going back to Star Trek Needle Drops, a good one was Star Trek... the one where they went back to Zephram Cochran. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, oh, yes, yes. Uh, that generations. Yes, that uh, yes, was. Uh, no, it was first contact. First contact. Yeah, first contact with uh, the uh, the Steppenwolf song "Magic Carpet Ride." That was great. Yes, yes, that was a that's a wonderful scene. Yep, so, yep. There's a good one. Oh, my, or uh, Kevin, you got a, another example you can think of? Um. Because I feel like there's a bunch of examples that are just kind of floating here in the ether, and I'm just trying to, like, yeah. snatch some up. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And my brain is, like, yeah, really see, like, fuggered now, the, so I'm not sure yeah. I could come up with anything. The, the, the Star Trek one just came to me organically, because mm-hmm. you mentioned Beastie Boys. That made me think of the Star Trek Beastie Boys, which made mm-hmm. me think of the Steppenwolf Star Trek one. So it's just kind of, yeah. Hey, I where does it's hard to... Where does Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go... Fall in this from was Ninja that, Turtles it, it to was, Secret was, of the Ooze. The thing was, it was specifically composed for the film. Yes. Okay. So that's I, fair. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's more. However, they do drop it, it in um, on the radio in the new movie at one point. You're shitting me. No, no. They they do that. <laughs> they it's, put Ninja it, Rap in there. Yeah. They 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 put the Ninja Rap in there for a moment. It's very funny. Um, okay. Well, that's cool. You know, um, you know the Super Mario movie. Getting back to that real quick, a good example of a needle drop that actually works is when DK comes out to the DK rap. Yes, that worked. Um, well, how uh, about mm, here? Here, here's one thing uh, in uh, Guardians Volume Three. Mm-hmm. It starts with an acoustic version of "Creep" by Radiohead. It's so good. I know. But when it was that song, and it was the acoustic version, my f- very first fucking thought was, I'm going to cry in this movie. <laughs> well, you know, and I think that's what we're getting at with a lot of these needle drops is they're like tone setters. 
Yes. Like getting back to that Tron Legacy example, uh, Separate Ways is a sad song. And Tron Legacy is a sad movie. It really is. It's about loss. Mm -hmm. So I think for a needle drop to really work, it has to kind of echo the theme of the the movie or the show or something like that. Um, Or or the moment, at least. Like, in a really, really powerful way. Um, Yeah, another great example. Again, we're going back to Guardians of the Galaxy here. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 with... um, uh, Yusef's um, fathers and sons during the Ravager funeral mm. doesn't it makes me cry every time um, but again it's so pivotal to the themes of the movie that it works so well yeah so I, I, I don't know we're, we're trying to come up with rules to something here that like I don't know smarter there are people no have rules. done it yeah, I, I'm sure there's been legitimate write-ups about how all this works, but it's really fun to think about this stuff. Yeah, no, it is. And there are some really good examples. Unfortunately, I'm just kind of, my yeah. brain's shutting down. So. Yeah, and I even gave you a warning. <laughs> I know, and I thought of one. I thought yeah. of a good one. But no, I, I, I'm going to throw this out to the listeners. Go ahead and pitch, um, go to our Discord and pitch, you know, needle drops that you love. Or yeah, I'd be curious. And then tell us who you want to play what characters in uh, Lord of the Rings Muppets. Yeah, and we'll, we'll talk about those next distraction hole. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be a little uh, uh, pedantic or contrarian and say that I don't think Separate Ways is a sad song. Maybe it's more melancholic, but... Sure, I could see that too. I mean, it's, it's upbeat, but I don't know. It's kind of talking about like parting but in you know in not a sad way well exactly it, it's still like a transitional thing but there's well, a, there's yeah. an element mm-hmm. of sadness to the parting as well well yeah i mean that, that's that's you know yeah. it's parting is such sweet sorrow but but then again it's that also that again feeling. it's reflecting the themes of tron because even though sam loses his father you know the isos now have a future He's he's got his kick. He's got this kick-ass arcade, <laughs> and a, and a, and, a, and his internet girlfriend came well, to life. This, this was at the beginning before all that. This is oh right, was yeah, like but still going into the arcade. Mm. Okay, yeah. yeah, no, I, I, no, I, I think you have a fair point there, and like this is something where we could probably do like a much longer, more in-depth discussion, and like actually like bring notes and put the shit together, but. These are just little fun. I games feel that we like, do. I feel yeah. like on distraction hole, I'm the mic <laughs> <laughs> because I come in pretty unprepared and just chuck in ideas well, while you two talk. Well, and I, I'm, I, I'm always like, this must be how Mike feels on well, Superman. I wasn't prepared. Like, like I said, I didn't. Even though I was forewarned you about the question, sound prepared though. Uh, maybe it's just because my mind is more pop culture. You also had a maybe? really good example too. Yeah, that's. I, that really I, I just yeah. got lucky. You know, I like I said, I I thought of that off the top of my head like two seconds before I said it. So. Oh yeah, because I'm I'm trying to like because you wouldn't count any like Disney films like yeah, any no. of the because those songs are written for the movies. But I'm trying to think of a. Disney film with like licensed music where they put that in that hey. isn't like a Marvel movie. Hey, how about that scene in the original Space Jam where uh, the basketball gets shot and the song from Pulp Fiction starts playing? 
and it's uh, <laughs> it's Elmer Fudd and Yosemite Sam. Oh, that's just a reference, sir. Yeah, and it's hilarious. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, the two gun-wielding maniacs. Yeah, but it's the two gun-wielding maniacs playing uh, killers. Man, you, yeah. you, was you, perfect. you didn't even like the Vincent and Jules scene in Jules scenes in um, Pulp Fiction? You know, John Travolta and uh, Samuel L. Jackson just I mean, I'm s- I, everybody talked about how great it was. I'm like, they're talking about hamburgers, y'all. <laughs> y'all should calm down. Oh, come on. Cause you That's know what? a tasty you know, burger. You know somebody else that made a movie with a lot of witty dialogue that I like better than that? It huh. was Clerks by Kevin Smith. The first Clerks movie was like an ode to everything I feel about retail. You know, Clerks has a few needle drops. Um at least some of the later ones, but, um, yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Wait. No, the intro to clerks Two set to nothing, nothing but flowers by, uh, uh, talking heads mm-hmm. is great. Yeah. I was going to say, you're not, you're not going to, you know, talk about what a, a Chewbacca, what a Wookie. Chewbacca, yeah. what a Wookiee. Uh, yes. Again, I think that's part of a joke. So I don't know if we oh, can yeah. count that. But it's on the soundtrack. It is on the soundtrack, and it was, but it was written for the movie. So, okay. or yeah. okay, so how about uh, anything by Soul Asylum in that movie? <laughs> oh, I'm trying to think of what it, one of the other songs, one of the other weird songs on there. Mm, uh, okay, Berserker? Got- Berserker. Yes, there we go. Do you want to suck my cock, Berserker? Do you like to make Berserker? <laughs> oh my god, I love that movie so much. And I really like two as well. Fifteen bucks, three. little man. I haven't seen put that three. shit in my hand. Um oh, yes. Hey, try not to suck any dick on the way through the parking lot. <laughs> Thirty seven <laughs> in a row. <laughs> um three three is pretty good. Um I've heard. I need yeah. to see it. It's gonna make you sad. Um Oh, I figured. Yeah. Uh no okay, another great needle drop. Uh Back to the Future, Power of Love. Yeah. All right. Nope. That that tracks. I, I think also that. like it works when like the song becomes like iconic because of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Power of Love is a great one. Um, like it like the ZZ Top thing doesn't hit as hard in Back to the Future Three, but Power no. of Love like really hits, especially because you oh, have Huey yeah. Lewis in the movie. Hmm. Yeah. Hey, how about when the no that doesn't count. That's that's well, no, that is actually a song with lyrics. You know that song when the Ghostbusters get a call and they start running and the piano starts. Yeah, that's an actual song. So does that count? I, I think I guess. You know, yeah. Again, it's like it, it's a it's a far cry from like the way that they use separate ways in Tron Legacy. No, I you know understand. What I mean? Like, yeah. there's like, we're trying to articulate something that's really hard to articulate here, but you just kind of know it, right? Yeah. But, yeah um, you know it if it's right. Yeah. But, I mean, no, I, I think this has been a uh, good discussion. I, I think Mike had the best example. I Yay, kind of feel I like. Won. That's a, wow. Well, yeah, it's a game. I guess he won. Yep, Mike's the best one. <laughs> um, but well, yeah, I, I'm I think, dead. <laughs> I think that's good for the distraction hole this week. Hopefully you enjoyed your time in the hole. Uh, watch out for the propane tank. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, we are in the propane tank version I've, I've of the I've had my arm up in the air week. this whole entire two hours. 
I have had my arm up the ass of a pig. Like, I literally have a puppet hanging on my um, coat rack over here. I could have brought the puppet over and just started playing oh, with the puppet. I, I could have brought Tom Servo down, but like he is real noisy. I, I, I need to do something with that fucking puppet. I, I should probably just make a puppet I, I, I'm going to ask you not to, because I know a dude, and uh, let me tell you, that, that is a sign of coming madness. <laughs> <laughs> just me talking to myself with a little felt person on my hand? Yes. Yes, it's it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. We, we told you that story, right? Mm-mm. He, he does these videos on Facebook of himself, as, uh, of the puppet, yeah, telling where, you about meat. Sales. Yeah, we're at the at the supermarket he works like not even a puppet like sometimes it's not a puppet he sometimes has like those pen it's he'll these, just take a pork go- chop and like well, make little no. hand motions <laughs> with no, it. No, no 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 you know those you know those googly eyes that you can like mm-hmm. put on your finger oh jesus sometimes it's, it's just, it's just his fucking it's just, hand with it's just eyeballs. his hand with those eyeballs on it and he's talking about you know the the meat specials <laughs> why I, I hope he doesn't listen to this because you know yeah, but he, he, he's a puppet person. He's, he's got puppet brain. And when brain. I say that, <laughs> yes, his brain is made of felt now. Oh, wow. He is he has fallen to the madness. Well, hopefully I go along there with him, because I, I really want to do start doing stuff with puppets. There like, but for the grace of God. Right, right. Hey, you know, I'm going to drag you there with me, Kevin. And then we'll also have Mike 3D print some puppet armor or something. <laughs> oh, God. And have, like, puppet fights. I should make a Terry puppet from Aaron Apprentice. There you go. That is one See, thing I want to close on real quick. That mm-hmm. Watching Superman, uh, My Adventures with Superman, if I ever get to make uh, Aaron Apprentice animated series, uh, series, I want Jack Quaid to play Terry Lingle. That's a good fit, man. That is a real It really fit. is. I like it. Yeah. Well, and I'd play Elton. There you go. No, I can, I can see it, and you do it in the Kermit voice. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, um, you got anything you want to plug, Kevin, before um, we close out here? Yeah, just stay tuned to this feed for the next episode of Supernatural Selection, brought to you by someone. It'll be weak and weird, and it's going to be a weird one. Oh, yeah. All right, how about you, Mike? You got anything to plug? No, I'm still, you know, still gloating over your victory in the game. Yes, I'm. I'm the winner. <laughs> You're gonna go play some journey. Wiener, wiener, cheeking diner. I don't know what I'm doing. Need to rewatch Tron Legacy now. Fuck. Yep. Yeah, same. 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 <laughs> I don't think I've seen movie. it since in theaters. Oh, I've seen it like five times. Dude, yeah, I've seen that movie way too many times. Count. Like, like, and I got it on Blu-ray, and we we saw it in 3D, and I do like the the attempt to kind of do like a... The, oh, where it went 3D in the, yeah, the digital the, world. You know, yeah. kind of like the uh, Wizard of Oz did, where it was black and white, yeah. except in color in the you in know, Oz. Oz yeah. Whereas this was only 3D in the... I uh, forget about that. Yeah. That's a real good fucking movie. I think we should discuss that next time. <laughs> I, th- I think we should have a uh, fa- a, a great movie great unsung movies episode yeah well um let's see do i have anything to plug i don't know do you um yeah don't buy diablo 4 yet wait for them to improve it um (laughs) otherwise um i swear to god i'm getting back into doing comics soon um just again a lot of stuff going on the rg bots update uh archive we we've got we're, we're moving into the last year of 
updates now. Yep. Um, we're going to get that knocked out, and then uh, RG Bots is coming week. back. Woo! I love and that. I, I love yeah. that mess. And then I'm also going to try to do the public domain web... The, you remember the, the public domain webcomic where I took old public domain comics and kind of did an MST3K thing with the robots? Yeah, I did a one or two for you. Yeah, I, I want to bring that back, but I just realized that transcribing those pages, because I, oh I, I think transcription is important. Internet accessibility is important for everybody. So yeah. uh, transcribing those is going to be a motherfucker of a task. Ain't it, though? Yeah. I'm going to charge a double on those. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll probably take <laughs> care of those myself, because i got to okay. go back and fix some of them. So anyway, um, yeah. yeah, so just keep an eye out. Comics coming back soon, I swear. Uh, you can always join the uh, Supernatural Selection Discord. That's at supernaturalselectionpod.com slash um, Discord, right? Uh, I think so, or you can find it by going to supernatpod.rock slash Discord. Yeah, so join us on the Discord, hang out with us. We're eventually going to start like live streaming shit, hopefully. Um, I want to start doing yep. a movie night. Oh, okay. yeah, definitely. Because I have so much cheesy horror trash that I want to inflict on everybody. <laughs> And that that's my that's my gimmick. Okay. That's my niche. We we screwed that up. It's actually discord.supernatpod.rocks. Thank you for being the responsible one. Um, and uh, with that, yeah, we're gonna go ahead and fill in this distraction hole and dig it up for next week. So, yeah, yeah, we gotta bury all the poop, le- uh, Mike left. All, all holes filled with hot distractions. Yep. <laughs> all right. Goodbye, everyone. Bye bye. Good night. Good and dirty bedding. <laughs>